Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keo Show. I am your host, Alex Keo, alongside me, the insider to the insiders, Tyler Keo. I'm not saying that's your longest intro ever, because you've done It is longer. not. You have done longer ones before, but... Here, I'll do it again. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we only have two and a half hours today, even though I think we'll, have, we'll be able to fill it better than we did last week. I would think. You would think. I, I would. I would. You think. would think. You would have thunk it, man. I would have thunk. You would have thunk it, and when you would have thunk it, like the Edmonton Fitzgerald with a thunk. The young. Oh, the Rand. Rando's already in the chat, man. He's Atta there. He's boy. There. He's there. Hot and heavy. Rando coming in hot. You know, he's just young- excited because he knows that we're coming on later. For those of you that are watching the show, make sure to tune into his show to get more of us talking Wait, about. Hold on. On what though, Alex? What are they watching? You're right. What are they watching on a 12-ounce sports? There. Good it's, partner. Is it 12 my, my point the right sports. Spot? Down there in that corner. you are watching us live, you are watching us via YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Zingo TV, channel 761. Sign up to, for free today using the promo code 12-ounce. That is 1-2-O-Z or Z. Z. Even though, even though there's the book that I gave Kelly, I said, I love thee from A to Z, so I have to say Z for that one because it's the rhyme, because A to Z just... I love it's like I love you to dead A to Z. But, yes. but that doesn't that doesn't sound romantic. Make sure to use hashtag TKS or at the Keel Show to get involved in the show. Or if you are watching us live, make sure to hit us up in the comments or in the chat, and we will do our very best no, to get you on the show on with that any side questions or you may down have. Here if you're on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Yes. Today's show is brought to you by Second String Leather Company. What is your favorite piece of goaltending equipment, whether it be the glove, the blocker, leg pad? Second String takes your favorite piece of equipment and turns it into something you can use every day with their custom program. Give them your gear, pick up or pick from any of their products and get your item crafted from the crease. Second String Leather Company, crafted from the crease. Crafted. Sorry, I don't Today's episode is also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Bet on all sports, win, and get paid using the promo code at 12OunceSports. Joining for free today. Hockey, baseball, NFL, and NBA. All the top four. Well, let's let's, let's include MLS. And WNBA. Remember, Alex, last Thursday, the first time in the history of the world, the NHL, NBA, WNBA, MLS, MLB, did I say NBA already? NFL. Am I missing one? All those played on the same day for the first time ever. Well, you know what? You can bet on them all. Promo code 12OunceSports on mybookie.ag. Join for free today. Today. I mean, now, I mean you, could, you, thing, could, you could wait till after the show to do it if you wanted to. If you don't want to do it yet, let's, I mean, we'll go to commercial, so we'll give you time to do it. Anyways. You can do it today. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it the next day. Make sure you tell your neighbor, mybookie.ag, 12OunceSports. Also, make sure to check out the official merchandise of the show, The Keel Show, TKS. You can see it on your screen. Just three examples of the lovely merchandise that is available at teespring.com slash stores slash The Keel Show. Dashes in between The Keel Show. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting those sweaters because it's getting to that cold part. The weather's getting a little chilly here, Alex. The sweaters. You the sweaters. The Lovely premium sweaters, the regular sweaters, the, the hooded cr- sweaters, the crew neck the, the sweaters, crew necks, the slouchy boyfriend sweaters. Apparently, that's a style. That is a style. I don't know that, but I found out what I was designing the shirts. Or if you like to wear yourself some, you know, good old leggings, or if you have a lovely sweetheart who likes to wear leggings, we also have those as well. I have a lovely sweetheart. She does not like to wear. She wouldn't. She told me not to get her those leggings specifically. 
I don't know why I they look laugh. fine. They look fine. I like them though. Fine. Well, you, they, you criticized me for using that word. It's Sarah. I just, Sarah, her sister, almost bought those. I just don't think that your wife would love to walk around branded <laughs> like a piece of <laughs> like, like like a cattle. <laughs> TKS right on the side. I love you, honey. She means she's support I mean, the show. I mean, she's got the ring on. So does that count as branding, or is that just kind of you know? Oh, that means they see, love each other. See, that's why I voted that you should have got a nice old tattoo. Just get no. it right on your face. Property of Kelly. Wait, me? I'm on the radio, man. I got to have a good-looking face. Even though it's not. It's funny. I can just you wear have a face only a mother could love. And at this point, I, think I don't so. even know about that. I don't even know about that anymore. Today's program, we will be talking about some more hockey, as we should be talking about hockey. I think I'm supposed to put news there. Some more news. <laughs> or no, some more awards. I was... I, yes, I got I, I understand what you're talking. I just wanted okay. to give you a little gap well, I, I wrote so we'll the We'll be talking the about some more <laughs> hockey news as well as the uh, giving out of some more NHL awards as we get wrapping up towards the end of the season and the Stanley Cup Finals. The Tampa Bay Lightning are looking to go there, and so are the Dallas Stars. Wait, the, the what? The don't, don't, Dallas Stars! Dallas Stars! Thank you, Pantera. I miss all of them. I hope Dimebag and Vinny are having a good time again, smoking a lot of pot. Eh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. If Hell, it's anything like the this is the end, there's a lot of pot up there. Hell just got a better band down there. There's a lot of great bands in heaven, man. Or hell. Uh, hell? Well, they're cowboys from hell, so clearly they just went back home. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll also be talking about some other stuff and some couple trades happening as teams are retooling, getting ready Not for the upcoming draft. We'll be talking about that as well. News today that we're going to start off with. Jeff Ward has officially been named the head coach of the Calgary Flames, the, just taking away the nice little asterisk of interim and giving him the full position there. Kudos. It, I think I think it's it's one of those things. It's good. It's good for the team. Um, they, it's not like they underperformed, I would say. I think they did what we kind of expected them to. It was... I would have liked to see them go a little bit play a little bit further in the playoffs. Um, but again, I think with everything in mind, I think it's just a matter of, you know what? This is an entirely new situation. Nobody was really expecting this. And especially with the, what we talked about, uh, bubble, excuse me, bubble fatigue. I, I, I just honestly, I don't want to blame coaching for the success or lack thereof in the playoffs for that. So I think this is a good move by them. And Jeff Ward obviously is already, you know, known by the players. I think they have some sort of chemistry there. So I think this can be a positive thing moving forward, at least for, you know, however long they have them for. You know, I kind of said this before our show. We were kind of just, you know, setting up whatever. I said, it doesn't matter who coaches the Calgary Flames. I don't think anyone at this point is going to be able to get Johnny Hockey to play in the playoffs or be effective in the playoffs. Uh, I, well, I, I really don't. You could honestly, and we talk about Barry Trotz to a T, but I don't think Barry Trotz, then again, Barry Trotz is like offense is second, eight, is second to him. He doesn't care. He tried to get Johnny Gaudreau to play defense, and that right there is a liability already. But I... Okay, I mean they won. I mean, the Cal- let's put it this way: when Bill Peters got outed by Akeem Alou and got fired, which he definitely deserved, 
Jeff Ward was able to turn that team around. They were able to move it and kind of regroup. They were not dominant like they were in 1819. I'm kind of it's almost glad that they weren't because had they were, well, I'm pretty sure they would not have been as effective in the playoffs because they had so much expectations as the top right. seed in the Western Conference last year. But they were able to settle down. They grinded their way into the playoffs. They were able to get through Winnipeg relatively easily. And I said it on the show on Thursday. They should have beaten Dallas. Dallas should not be in the conference finals. Now, obviously, they are. And, well, they're they, proving us wrong. They are one win away. They from, are. From getting to the. Well, you thing. don't even have to knock on wood. Regardless of whether or not they win the series, I mean, until they lose, they are one win away. Well, it's. Yeah, they're one win away. But I say that, Alex. It's like saying, oh, you know, this. Well, team Tyler, is on a you, hot want, streak. you want all the series to end by, what was it, Wednesday, you said? So about 48 hours? I said that for round two. And now I say that for round three because I have an idea for Thursday's show. It's oh, is that so? Well, we already. I mean, got- I said all the series were going to end within 36 hours when all those series were, were three to one. one. But now they're no! all three to one again. And I say that. I, let's put it this way. We already Monday's have, a weird day. Monday's <laughs> a stupid day. I mean, it's a great day because we have, we have a song that says it's all about Mondays. And that's why they, well, in so many words, they don't like Mondays. They say in the chorus that you don't hear on the Kula show because we can't say the other word. Yeah. It's not, well, we can. We just, we, we just would, would rather not. Because there's children that watch the, well, I don't know if there's children that watch the show. But I'm just saying if there were. But going back to Calgary. All right, send the kids out of the room. Send the kids out of the room. <laughs> I, you know, I like to think that Calgary could get better. I mean, how long is he going to get beyond for another year? Goudreau or Jeff? Jeff. Uh, that Johnny Hockey is on for a while. I can look that up, but you know, one thing I could actually uh, tie a comparison to, Johnny Hockey and Michael Camilleri. Wouldn't you think? I, but here's the th- Okay, Camilleri's... I'll the, let you go down that while I look up He Jeff. is a completely different player. And look at the teams Camilleri played for in Montreal. That was before. That was the pre-Mark Bergevin. Let's make everyone small era, and I liked the way Camilleri played. I thought he played tougher, and when he wore ninety-three when he came to Calgary, because he loved Dougie Gilmore, I thought he had a little bit of that Dougie Gilmore inside him. Johnny Gaudreau has none of that. If you gave me the option, and Alex, I say this because even though I pretty much said on Twitter this past week, yes, Alex, uh, Jeff Ward had his contract extended today, um, which gives him un. Through the 21-22 season so, at $900,000 per. Two more seasons. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that's a fair time to see if he can figure out if he can be an NHL coach. That's okay. Unless he just absolutely just poops the bed next season. In that case, well, 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 Calgary. He's trouble. got two years. He's got two years to figure it out. Two years at just a little bit over uh, Leakman. I, I would rather have on my team Mitch Marner than Johnny Gaudreau. That may be a can hot I vote t- for neither. I, you're right, neither, but if you gave me one or the other, because I think Mitch Marner has a little bit more zest, a little more pep in his step, and both are awful in the playoffs. Then again, look at their sample size. They haven't been able to sit in the playoffs for a long time. Mitch, both of them had more playoff games than Connor McDavid. I mean, let's I be honest. I, I, I like to think. Gonna, if we're going to tie comparisons, let's well, sit with between current players and former players. And, I mean, why not? Let's just keep going with former players that uh, currently or – used to play for the Edmonton Oilers. Mitch Marner and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's young. Nuge. I would take Nuge. I like Nuge. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the comparison you could drop. Young, not huge, not physical play. But when it comes to the playoffs, they're not entirely effective. They are nu- I'd say Nuge was more was pretty effective. Nuge is still a good player. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to badmouth Nuge or Mitch Marner. I'm just saying that they do hold similar negative 
negatives towards them. Okay. I prefer Nuge just because he can play a depth center role and still be effective offensively. You don't think Marner could play depth center? He doesn't play center. He's a winger. He, they have him on center so on the penalty kill. So you don't think that he couldn't play third string he will, center? Third line. You're going to pay a near $11 million player to I'm sit on about, your third I'm line. I'm talking about... This ain't Jeff Finger, Alex. You don't talk- pay a guy a bunch of money to do nothing. Contrary to what Herb Brooks would like me to say, I'm going based off talent alone, not on contract. You can't win on talent alone. Well, that's, that is the Leafs, Alex. They can't win on talent alone. They can't win with all the talent they have. They can't win no, the squad. because there is a difference between good hockey teams and hockey teams with good players. Hockey teams with good players well, look at the- don't win. Well, no, hot, excuse good me. Hockey no, good, good, good players and good systems. Alex, the 0-2 no, no, no. Red Wings, no, that, the that, Hall of Fame sa- team. No, that's what I'm saying, Ty. It's a matter of you can have good hockey players on good hockey teams, but if you don't have a good hockey team, all you are is a hockey team with good players. Yes, but you just said that that's the you diff- said good pl- teams with good players don't win is what you just said. No. You should say t- good players that don't play like a no, team I don't said, win. No, I said I said there is that a difference. No, I said there's a difference between I know good what ho- said. I said there's a difference between good hockey teams and hockey teams with good players. You can't win just with good players. You have to win as a good hockey team. That's what I said. Randall can hit me up in the chat. Hockey dumb, it's NFL time. Ah, you know what? I don't care about that. I know what you said. <laughs> Denied. Denied. His hand in the way. Denied. Dang it. Denied. <laughs> that being said, gosh, what are we talking about? Ah, yes. Why Mitch Marner is going to get traded Why? for the Leafs. No. Huh? Why not? Hey, well, it's funny. So everything hockey, everything hockey. Where Let's I got, look up all the players that could be traded no, for Mitch Marner. We'll do that later. But so everything hockey, where I got this lovely mask from. Check it out. One of their many masks you can get, and I think they still have the deal where if you get a shirt or something like that, a piece of swag, get a free mask or a couple. Like they posted mask. a. They talked about one of their pieces of swag, and it was a blue and white because they don't have NHL licensing, but they have team centric gear. You could tell what's Minnesota's gear and Leafs gear and Red Wings and so on. And there was a piece of Leafs gear, Alex, mm. that had blue and white, good hoodie, looked really nice, had 16 and the letter A. And I tweeted out because I am a smart Alec. I said, boy, I can't wait till that stuff goes on clearance like the Kadri stuff. Because, Alex, because oh, get it? Yes, Ty, I get it. And, oh, look at Nashville. They're trying to show that they're relevant, trying to go Roman Yossi for Norris. I mean, well, they did vote before the playoffs. Even though, if you gave me the vote right now, who every I every team has to put their vote. No, no, the, no. The vote. I mean, no. The Pro Hockey Writers Association. The voting for all these individual awards arrives, then they gets completed before the playoffs start. But if you told me right now, based on playoffs, it'd be Victor Hedman. I mean, just light years away. Obviously, we'll talk about that with our good friend here in just a little bit, Justin Godfrey, who we'll be talking Tampa Bay Lightning with in our number two of today's Keel show here on 12 ounce sports. But where are we going there? Jeff Ward, Jeff Ward. Okay. We'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Two if... years, 900,000. So if you did offload okay, it's, it's, that it's, contract, it's, wait, what? 900,000. Yeah, Jeff Ward. Years. It's a coach's contract. It doesn't count. They have I'm it. Ju- on. I'm just saying as an organization, I, hey, as you, an organization, you can just, you know what I, Alex, what did I say about the idea of having coaches contracts counting against salary cap? How interesting that'd make everything? Yes. It would be interesting. 
see, but then the players would be to huff and puff and say, that's my money because you owned one. Yes. He doesn't do anything behind the bench. He's not worth $3 million. He doesn't work at all. He doesn't spend time away from his family at all. No. Well, he did. He what does he do in the office when you're at home playing video games, Mitch Marner? I don't know. Which one are we talking about? Keith, or are we talking about? Babcock! You mean the next coach of the Washington Capitals? Potentially. I'd actually, at this point, I don't think so anymore. But well, who we'll, else we'll is it going to be? It. Well, we'll see. What are you, who's it going to be? We will see. Um, so we will see. Letter C. Can you see that? Letter C for the captain, which there was none. Captain for the Capitals, because he's a coach of the Capitals. Double C. Because Washington, D.C. is the captain of America? Uh, you, yes, a Russian Alex is Captain Canada, or Captain America. Hey. <laughs> you watch Winter Soldier, didn't you? Oh, Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Best part of that movie, even though they did it in the comics. Anyways. You cut off one head, two shall replace it. No, that's not a... That's not, that's a, that's not a... That's, no, that's a Hydra. Hydra. That yes. is a Hydra. Yes. That is a Hydra. I caught you myself. You want to talk to me about Marvel movies, buddy? It's not Marvel movies. It's mythology. That's Greek mythology. Tyler. What? It's in a Marvel movie. They don't have... It's part of Marvel culture. Josh B. No, Co- they have Josh one Hydra. They have the Nazi Hydra over you? here. But then we're talking about the Greek mythology Hydra over here. Josh, because you believe that you have I want to see right Hercules does not against Chris Evans. One on one. Which one's better, mythology or Marvel? Both are letter M. It's this letter. Making letters here on the Kilo Show. Yeah. Both are good <laughs> because both are points of fiction. You play Black Ops once and you turn into JFK. I like history in general. I'm going to turn your mic off, buddy. There we go. Now it's just me talking. Get out of here. Vegas versus Dallas is the series that we whoa. will start talking whoa, whoa. about. What? You skipped, over the, you skipped over the trades, Alex. I don't want to. We got time. No, I don't want to. Let's quick mention them. I don't want to. Hey, wh- why? Because one of them involves your team. Because A guy that you had for one year that you traded for Justin Falk. Okay, this is what I'll say. I liked Edmondson. I really did. Uh, the but trade is. Hold on, you gotta, got him you, for more than a fifth. You're gonna okay. Joel Edmondson traded from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Montreal Canadiens okay, for. You got rid of Charlotte and you throw away Edmondson. Fifth what? round pick. So who does Car- Carolina's got? So and now Carolina's farm team is the Chicago Wolves. Yeah, which makes no sense. By the ah, uh, yes. And some people are like, oh, Chicago Wolves, one of the premier fan franchises, the American Hockey League. The Griffins Charlotte- have had two teams affiliated with them. Ottawa for like a buck, a cup of coffee, and the Red Wings ever since. The, the Charlotte- Chicago Wolves. No, I got this. The- I got this. The Charlotte. First of all, in an era where AHL teams are being put closer and closer to their NHL counterpart. Charlotte's basically just down the road. And from there, you have Greenville just down the road. So Greenville? The Swamp Rabbits. Oh, well, that's Boston's team? I think that's Boston's team. Well, I'm saying you could work a deal. But what I'm saying is, first of all, not only do you go further away from your home city to have an AHL affiliate, so you're moving all the way from Charlotte to Chicago, so that's moving all of your NHL two-way contract players, not just your, not the AHL contracts, because obviously they stay with Charlotte. Yep. Then you go and you put put yourself with a team like Chicago, which, by the way, 
has not done very well in the past three years of producing good graduates. And by the way, Randall just corrected me. Yes, he's right. Greenville is the Canes ECHL team. Booyah! I was thinking, or, yeah. Count it! When, who's you Boston's asking me, team now? You're asking me about it. Oh, it's Atlanta. Atlanta's Boston's team now. Anyway. So then you're moving to a city where, in the past three years, you have not had a very substantial amount of graduates that are NHL-ready. Okay, fine. And your argument is that you want to bring better opportunities to the entirety of the organization. You are moving literally from a team that won the Calder Trophy. Calder they, Cup. Calder Cup. Excuse me. My apologies. They're both the Kale same. Kale McCarr can't win the, the Calder Cup. That they won the AHL. They were. They are the best team in the AHL. So was Norfolk, Alex. But then they were defunct like two years later. What are you doing? What are you doing? Kudos to the Florida Panthers for picking up the Charlotte Checkers. Honestly, I love the Checkers organization. They have a great, great, great supervising structure there. It's a money thing. There had to be some money issues somewhere. What money? I don't know. How much money are you going to be wasting now on travel? Tell that to Tommy Dundon's bank account. Tommy Dundon is an idiot. I will gladly take his job. Are you all of a sudden, what are you defecting? I'm calling him out. You're defecting now? No, I'm still a Canes fan. Defecting from your crusades. No, I'm still on my crusade, but this is a revolution. (laughs) Dance, 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 revolution, revolution. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Canes, 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 revolution, revolution. Okay, Rando, Huntsville to the American Hockey League. They need to get a barn first. Need to fix that rink up to a T before. Wait, they, wait, wait, hold, Huntsville. Like, in, like the barn that Alabama Huntsville plays in, and uh, well, Huntsville Havoc and Alabama Huntsville. Well, I, I know that that rink. Yes, we'll talk about it on your <laughs> show, Rando, <laughs> which is coming up at eight thirty Eastern Time here on Twelve Out Sports. 12 the out list sports. of cities that need to become AHL teams: Huntsville, number one, according to the Rando, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Put that palace back together. Let's go. Calumet, Michigan. <laughs> Copper Bay. The Copper Bay Rattlers. You could put an ECHL team if you really wanted to in the Fraser. I know they got no. that Motor City team, but. No, 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 no. No. It's big enough. Please don't. It's big enough. No, it's not. It's not big enough. Well, what, what are you going to do? Rebuild Cobo Arena? I'm just saying. You're going to steal USA Hockey from USA Hockey? <laughs> Joel Edmondson got traded to Montreal for the fifth-round pick. Let's look at it from the other side now, Alex. Good for Montreal. Great for Montreal. They picked up a, honestly, not bad defenseman. They They needed. They needed to bolster their defensive core, and they needed to give themselves more assets to play around with, especially when they're running about 7D on the road. Which is because they are, they're very strong on the right side with, and I'll say that Shea Weber looked really good in the playoffs. I will, I... Listen, I knock on him for getting old. His knees aren't there anymore. He's shown like he can still be a capable defenseman. Jeff Petrie, he's right-handed. Carl Alzer's on his way out. I'm looking at cap friendly. You do have Ben Schrott, which as of right now, I think all of a sudden jumps to your number two defenseman. Now, here's the big kicker, Alex. Here's the thing where I don't think we both realized on why it was only a fifth-round pick. The Canadians still have to sign Joel Edmondson. They have his rights, but he's a UFA at UFA now. He's a UFA, so on October 9th, he could go somewhere else. And Montreal just gave up a fifth-round pick to get him. Now, I don't know if this is a deal that they're going to try to be like, hey, we have you here. Let's look around. You know, what do you think? Because in the long run, say Edmondson does sign somewhere else, Alex. 
all of a sudden you lose, oh, you lost a fifth-round pick. Because remember how Kevin Hayes, the deal with Philadelphia, they gave up a lot more to get him. Now, obviously, Kevin Hayes signed, and they had a pretty good year, did the Flyers with Kevin Hayes. Right. But adding him, that's big because now you have a left-handed guy. You have Alex Romanov, who's still a ways away from being there. Brett Kulak, I think, is really was really impressive this year. You're looking at Montreal's uh, cap friendly. Cap yep. friendly yeah. Xavier Ouellette, I listen. I always said Xavier Ouellette's not going to make it anymore. I I'd say he's still an option. He showed that he can be an option in the playoffs. He's still an option. I said his name and I watched him. Like man, that guy's out there, and he, I'm not saying it because it's bad. He made a couple of errors, but. He's never been in the NHL playoffs. Never been in the Stanley Cup playoffs before. So yes, he's going to make mistakes. But I watch him and I say, "Wow, he's not an off an awful liability." Victor Mete's coming around. This team is—they don't have the best defense core, Alex. They don't have the best blue line in the league, but they're getting there. They have veteran talent on the right side, and now it's funny, Alex, because we always said they don't have a left-handed defenseman. Now they don't have enough right-handed defensemen because I think Mete is left-handed. He, he goes, yeah, shoots left. Yeah, plays both sides, plays left and right. So you could put Mete on the right side to fill. But, you know, you can obviously go after a guy that's a right-handed defenseman. I'm trying to look at their defense core back in. I mean, they have Kale Fleury, who's right-handed down here, in Laval. Here, here, Josh Brook but, is right-handed. But, but, but think about it, though. But, in, but, 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 but in a defensive core where your highest-paid defenseman is getting 7.8 until 26-27. Well, no, until the end of the 25-26 season. 26 is when he becomes UFA. No, 26-27. Like, that's like the end. 26 is the end now. I, I didn't say through the 26-27. 2026 is the end for Shea Weber. Yes. I'm trying to help Hopefully. you Hopefully. I'm trying to help you here. Well, we'll last, well last you won't year, be making that at the end. Last year, Edmondson was only 3.1. Well, only 3.1. And I don't know if he'll get a raise. I don't well, think he will. At least I, it won't be massive. I think, I'm thinking... Four? No. Ish? I was thinking 3.5. Give him the same amount that you're giving Ben Chirot, and Well, Ben, if ben any, Chirot makes three. Yeah, okay. If anything, you you give up Christian Froline, or is that Froline? No, Foline. Foline, yep. Christian Foline to free agency because he is a UFA. And I mean, you're not, you may Victor, sign him, but you're Victor not going to sign him for a lot. Victor Mete, Xavier Roulette, uh, Max Domi, you're going to have to sign, and Charles Hudson, those are the only ones you have to deal with this year. I wonder if they can give up Here's a the problem. Though. Carl Alsner? <laughs> no, the problem is next year, the 2021-22 season. UFAs for next year include Tomas Tatar, Brendan Gallagher, Philip Deneau, Joel Armia. Joel Armia, yes. yes. Uh, Jordan Wheel, Jeff Petrie, and Jake Allen and Charlie Lindgren. All of those people have to be signed. Well, they don't have to be signed, but their contracts are up. And, and Max Domi's an RFA with arbitration rights, and he's got Darren Ferris in his corner now. So that's that's this be, year. I know. It's going to be great. I talked about that on Thursday a little bit. But we'll have to see how it goes. I think that's a big pickup. If they can sign him to a reasonable contract. They should try. They have money. They have money for this year to sign Max Domi and maybe sign Edmondson. But... We got another trade before we get to the Vegas-Dallas, Alex. That is true. Nick Bugstad. Traded from Pittsburgh to Minnesota for a conditional 2021 pick. The conditions have yet to be determined. Do we have any breaking news on those, by the way? I was going to look at that right as you said it because I don't know yet. <laughs> because I looked we up yesterday. Know. I was looking at it. I'm like, where is it? Now, this going off just based on looking at the fact that Bukestad is now with. Let's see. Bukestad was traded. Oh, that's the uh, wrong that's one. That's last year. Uh, 
No, this was his... Con- I am confused. Nick Bukestad plays for them. Transactions. Here we go. Transactions traded from Pitt. There's the trade. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh, so we do have so, conditions it, now. You okay. just, yep, Read because it just came out today. The pick will be transferred to the Pittsburgh Penguins if Bukestad plays in 70 games or earns 35 points in next regular season. Now, the reason why they mark 70 games, Alex, and I don't know what they're going to play a full 70-game schedule or 82-game schedule like they talked about, but... I give him 60 games. Buke said, of course, people don't people have to remember, missed the playoffs, missed the play-in series, at least for Pittsburgh, because of a lower body injury. He was very injury-ridden. Obviously, that's why, hey, we're giving him up for a conditional seventh-round pick. And he's not a bad player, Nick Bukestad. This is They're, a cap dump. This is a, yes, this is a cap dump. But here's the thing. He's making 5.1 at the time. Pittsburgh is still retaining half. So they're giving up. So Minnesota gives him a conditional seventh. And they don't have to pay him $5 million. That's not a bad contract at all. So I like this for Minnesota because you're adding a depth piece and a guy that's going to play more if he can get 100%. He's got a lot of time to do it. They're not going to play until January, February, whenever, which is still, I think, should be a 60-game schedule. But that's neither here nor there. February is the latest that it'll start. Well, just like the, well, it was January in 2013. By the way, this is all tentative. 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 I, Tyler, I'm from the Midwest. I dropped my T's. Tentative. Tentative. Secretary of State. Nick Bukestad. I mean, he wasn't like he was a big-time player in Pittsburgh, but then again, when you're a small fish in a big pond, you look pretty small. Now he's going there. He looks. A little, I think he'll fit in a little bit more with Minnesota. He'll get more ice time, and he may be able to be a guy that can put up 35 points. Heck, Eric Stahl is still your leading scorer. Please, one of your what, leading scorers. Please, I think whatever Nick you do, do just don't put him with Dumba. Don't. He's a forward, Alex. I say again, don't. <laughs> Matt, I thought Bukestad was a defenseman. My apologies. Okay. He's not Nick Robertson or Nate Robertson. Nate Robertson is a star defenseman. Nate Robertson. No, and by Nick, the way, it's, it's, Nick Ro- it's, Nick, it's Nick Robertson, right? Yes, it's Nick Robertson. You're thinking of Nathan Robertson, former uh, Griffin's great. Uh, uh, yeah, Nick, it's Nick Robertson. Your dog's yeah, barking. Wixie's yeah. barking? Yeah. Oh, jeez. You're all right. Let's see if she keeps barking. If she keeps barking, I'll have to go out there. We'll have to go to commercial. Well, no, if he keeps if she if she keeps barking, I'll go out there. You keep going on. I keep going? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's uh, that's your Hell you do every third day without me. Why can't you do Monday too? I do Monday Monday. Yo, yo. <laughs> oh, I thought you Thursday. You said I thought you said every third day, and I'm like, well, ish. Third day. <laughs> every third day. You I'm get... making a left turn. Third day. Oh, but anyways, yes, Nick Bukestad, good pickup for Minnesota. They didn't have to give up a whole lot to get him. Third day's a practice day on the track. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, going down there. It's funny because I work at a racetrack too, but I work at a racetrack in Michigan where it's not as bad, but there's still. Ty, wherever there's racing, there's rednecks. Tim DeVos. A guy rednecks, a, long he, Tim DeVos racing. wins the race and just goes, I'm like, dang it, Tim. I don't know what you said, but it sounded good. Anyways. Moving on, Alex. Come on, host. Moving on. Figure it out. Vegas. Can we, can we talk about that? I'm going to smack Can I turn on now? <laughs> Vega and Della. <laughs> Left jab. Vegas and Dallas is the first series when we can talk about, finally, since we can get back to that. Uh, before we get anything, do we have any questions in the chat? Uh, well, uh, would Buffalo to AHL? Uh, Rando's got Rando's got ideas. And he's oh, insulted, by on. the way. Hold on here. He's insulted by the fact that we insulted Huntsville. 
Well, I don't have any problem with Huntsville. I'm just saying that's not an AHL thing. As it's, it's, oh, excuse me, we insulted the arena. That's the problem, apparently. Anyways, before, come have on. You, I, we, got, we got a preview of the game tonight, Alex, before we got Justin and I, then we got awards to talk about, then we got Yannick to talk about, we got a lot to talk about, then we got the Rando to talk about, we got all this stuff on. Go! Call <laughs> on sports. Dallas and Vegas is the first series we'll be talking about. Game three, the Stars win three to two in overtime. Stars played a lot better, had a lot. I think the thing that we need to talk about is their offense. Well, they have been bolstering. Well, it's not the fact that they've been bolstering it up via just putting players on the roster. No, it's just they've decided to just play well, they better. Got, they got lucky in game one. Game two, this game, Robin though, This yeah. game right here, though. They, they, well, they got more, it's funny, it started off, the game started off for a lot of back and forth, not too many great chances, it was okay, nice and slow, and then all of a sudden, Alexiak's like, I'm going to go on a breakaway. Jamie Alexiak, a defenseman's like, I'm just going to start skating up the ice, and if they feed me, oh, look, I got the puck, and then he somehow he beats Leonard. First goal, Alex, in almost three hours on Leonard. Three hours of playing time. Three hours of game. T- You're right, because three hours was not a lot. 171 minutes and 27 seconds. It was the first Dallas Stars goal since their goal in game one of this series, which was like a couple minutes in. Their first goal in 157 minutes and seven seconds. A lot of firsts there and a lot of hundreds. It's been a while since Dallas scored, but a while since Leonard gave it up, and all of a sudden they just open up the floodgates, and it's like, let's get this game going full speed ahead. Hunted. So... That all goes fine and dandy. Then the Knights answer back with a power play from Theodore. Shea Theodore, I believe. I forgot which one that was on him. He scored again in game four. So I just like, he scored. Shea Theodore has, uh, it's funny because it's one of those things where you look at him like, man, I don't know if he's that good. But then you watch him in the playoffs and you just see, wow, this guy should be talked about more. An offensive guy, offensive defenseman that can play in his own end. I mean, I tell you right now. I just need, you know what, Alex? That's right. I just need to just stop trying to work early in the morning. Just watch all the games through the night. Two o'clock in the morning, I finally get to bed. I wake up at 10 and start the day over again. Because I'm missing out on all these great players on the other side, except for California. They all suck. But I'm missing guys like Theodore. Heiskanen's a little easier to watch because it's Dallas. only Central. Radulov, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But here's, here's but we know about those guys. It's only an hour difference. I'm talking about the West Coast guys and the Mountain Time guys. But here's what I'll say, though. The thing about... I was about to sneeze there for a second. Hachu. Theodore, good buddy, is the fact that he makes his job look easy. What, would, you, would you say that? I, okay, why am I asking you? You obviously don't watch him a lot. But from the... Well, from, what I, from what I've seen, yes. From what we've seen, especially thanks to the fact that, hi, by the way, there were seven games in a day, and I loved every second of it and got to watch every single My one. My laptop's gotten a lot of work. It, it's had a lot of screen time. A lot of screen time. He makes his job look easy, and I, I think that might quite possibly could be a reason why he doesn't get talked a lot about. It's the fact that he goes into his own end, he plays defense, Gets in front of shots when he needs to. Not a whole lot, but he does sometimes. He gets into the corners. He plays the sideboards perfectly. And when he play, when he's an offensive threat, he is a threat. You know, give him the puck, that much space, and he puts it in. You know, it, I he's a, a guy that almost reminds me not offensively talented, but 
just because of the fact of who he played with, the team he played on, and the fact that he wasn't really a highlight real player, Kenny Danico, the old New Jersey Devil defenseman. Uh, I don't know. Is that too far of a stretch? Because Kenny Danico should have been. I. I mean, he. The reason why he's not a Hall of Famer is because he was never statistically dominant, never won a Norris Trophy. Won. Yes, he did win all three Stanley Cups at the Devils, but he was just. He did his job. That was it. The difference between him and like a guy like Nicky Lidstrom is Lidstrom could produce offensively, and he was always up there plus minus. His numbers were always great. Time on the ice, all that stuff. His numbers suggested why Lidstrom became a Norris Trophy winner for so many years and a Hall of Famer and a Stanley Cup champion. Kenny Danico just went out there. The difference between Kenny Danico and Nicholas Lidstrom is that Nicholas Lidstrom was a superstar. Well, and the, he but, was well a, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. I'm he saying. was a threat and a talent at the beginning. But that's why I'm saying, Alex, Kenny, Kenny Danico Dan- Kenny G- was simple, not flashy. The only time I ever seen him in a highlight reel was the one time Scott Stevens hit him when Scott Stevens played in Washington. Wow, Ty, you calling people simple now? <laughs> that's why they don't freaking go to the Hall of Fame? Uh, <laughs> Tell no, me I'm I, wrong. I'm getting what you're saying. No, Listen, there were a lot of Montreal Canadians that were just simply decent hockey players, but they played with Pierre LaFleur, or look they played with Kenny Dryden, and they played with Maurice Richard, and they were looked at like... No, I get I get what you're saying. It's the simple ones you have to look out for. And honestly, this is a player that there's a reason why he gets paid. And he's a reason why he's an NHL player and he's not, you know, fourth line. Yes, I concur. Um, Go but ahead. another yep. player that I don't think gets a, a lot of talking about is Jamie Benn. Well, actually, Wait, he, well, gets, hold on. he, gets what? Lot, he gets a lot of talk. Hold about. on a second. He gets <laughs> a lot of talk. I was going to talk about Jamie Benn. Hold right, on, hold a on. guy that I've criticized for the last six months. Pa- I apologize. He doesn't get talked a lot about in a positive way, even from his own team, by the way. Just, his just own, want to all executive. Jamie Benn, Tarsig, suck. And a lot of other ways. I run this team. Yeah. Yeah. A guy that we've never heard of before, and I can't remember his name now because he's so relevant. Don't even care. But Jamie Benn scores a uh, five-hole on Leonard, but Mark Stone ties it up with his seventh goal of the postseason. But the one goal that we need to talk about, favorite quote from, I mean, the past little bit is the fact that Radulov said, quote, I don't know. I just get in my zone, and I shot the puck. I just shoot the puck. Hey. It worked. It just I, he just got that little bit of space right there. Radulov is a he is my he is a dream player for me. Left-handed shot, playing on the right-handed side, gets the puck. Nice. I just it's good goal right there. Overtime winner, just right off the post. And don't thirty-one yet, seconds into now. I wonder. I mean, obviously played. Decent in game four, but remember that at the end, Ben, at the end of regulation, Ben had that chance that went off the inside of Leonard's knee. I wonder if that, if Leonard was still feeling that shot at the beginning, because it's, I mean, I see why he made that save selection, the one leg up, one leg down, because I think maybe Radulov's going glove high, but the left knee was the one, was the left knee that got hit? I think it was the left knee that got hit on the shot by Jamie Ben, the one that stayed up. I wonder if that would have made a difference, but uh, I think you're looking a little bit too far into it. I'm a goaltender. It's what yeah, I do. That's, that's the point. I you're mean, looking that's... into it as a goalie. Yes. Um. So that was game three. Game four was also another Stars win, two to one in regulation. The Knights were coming out early, hot and heavy, twenty-two to six. Uh, well into the second period, where the shots Martinez scoring on the power play. Good old Joe Pavelski, guy that decides to bleed from his head a lot. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. 
Uh, he got an odd goal off the stick of Nate Schmidt, and then Ben scored on a rebound. Uh, Klingberg on that one got the eleventh, his eleventh assist of the playoffs. That was on a power play. Oh, uh, the power, a power play. Power play. And Vegas decided to have a nice five on three where they tied it, uh, or they could have tied it, excuse me, but they did not end up. Converting on that, Q Dobin getting 32 saves on the night. Leonard, 18 saves, uh, quote-unquote, six big ones in the third, according to Tyler. Uh, well, to okay. Vegas in it. Listen, he, made, he only had to make six saves because Vegas was starting to turn the tide back, but the chances that Dallas had to seal the game, that was that's what made the difference for me. That's because in a game like that, when you don't get a whole lot of work, every save you make is important. And Leonard had that, especially at the end of that Vancouver series, where he only had to make 18 saves a game, 17 right. saves a game. In order to keep, I mean, I give it, I call it the Marty Broder effect. I know we talked about it with Jim Jackson, and he kind of put it off like, oh, he was really good. Yes, Marty was really good. And so was Kenny Dryden at making the saves when they, were, when they had to make them. They didn't have to make many in their careers, at least when the teams were at their peak, but they were able to. And Leonard did that in the Vancouver series, at least enough to get through the Canucks. It is a considerable fact that when a goalie is making saves for your team, it gives the players in front of okay. them the confidence. Oh, yeah. So I was about to say, I'm like, I, th- I, I thought confidence. you were about to say, I'm like, if your goaltender makes saves, your team can win the game. Thank you, Eddie Olchek. <laughs> is he wrong, though? <laughs> My is dad he... told me that if you don't hit the net, you can't score. Is he wrong, Thanks, though? Johnny. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Thank you very much. I want to find that, like, the the where he said that and how he said it because it just sounds so... It's true, but it sounds dumb. You're going to look it up, aren't you? You're going to try to find well, it. Well, it's because it's it's on the internet. They have the exact time, and then I can, I can just pull it up. 1982. <laughs> After losing to the Los Angeles Kings in Game Seven, after oh, the man- oh, no, no. you you meant when Wayne Gretzky said it. Oh no, Michael Scott said it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, Game Five, which starts in a little over an hour, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, six p.m. Mountain Standard Time, local time there in Edmonton, local thing. I don't know if they're gonna do it tonight. Tonight, but man. Dallas is just having everything go right for them. And don't forget, when we had the show, when I had the show on Thursday, Alex, that was after Vegas won. I said, see, Vegas has got it. Dallas has got nothing. They should never be here. And all of a sudden, they win that night. Or they won on Friday night. They win Sunday night. And I look like the idiot. Or they won Saturday night. Thursday night, Saturday night, tonight. Thursday night, Saturday night. And then tonight, I could say, Alex, hey, they're not going to win. Vegas is going to come back in the series, make it interesting. I don't know. Anton Hudobin, which, by the way, have you seen that picture of him on circling around the internet of him just pounding back wings and chugging beers? <laughs> Sweat. Let him. <laughs> it just, it's not like from right now, like, but it was, a, it have been. Hey, no, if he wins the series, let him. Dude, you don't need to win the cup at that point. You've already won. Did I tell you the happy Vegas? Did I tell you the happy Boone story that Harrison Watt told me? Uh, no, you've not. Nikolai Havibulin, game one, morning skate of game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, 2004. Nikolai, in the, the year Tampa won it. Yes. Havibulin, during morning skate, is sitting on, was, uh, practice or morning skate, I can't remember what Harrison told me, sitting on the bench, hucking darts. And John Tortorella comes over to him saying, what the hell are you doing? Or, well, however many ever words Tortorella filled in there, I said, what are you doing? And, what in the actual, you know what, <laughs> Okay, Tortorella does not sell. Anyways, 
He looked, and Happy Boolin, without missing a beat, says, I got us this far, didn't I? <laughs> if Antonio Elman's been hucking wings and hucking beers back after games, why not? <laughs> hey, man. Super, why not? Superstitions at this point, just you just keep going. You ain't gonna, you can't lose, man. If you're, listen, if ha, if Hugh Dobin can go out there with 10 pounds of wing under his belly, I mean, he does look like a chunky goaltender. Can we just all admit that? Clear eyes, full stomach, can't lose. <laughs> if you lose your lunch on the ice, well, it looks like at least you're trying our show's attrition. It's like blood in a wrestling match. Show's It'll distract him. <laughs> oh, man, he threw up all over the ice. Smells hey, over here. Hey, if you throw up right in front of your crease, nobody's standing there. <laughs> Hey, ain't going to be standing there. I, man, I, I don't want to say Dallas can do it tonight, but they, this, I'm okay. I said Dallas was not going to beat Calgary. I'm not, I'm not going to call it. Actually, you know what? Hot take. Doesn't matter if you put Liner or Flurry in. Snake Eyes both ways around. Snake Eyes? Isn't Snake Eyes the bad one? What? You know, when you're. Oh, oh yeah! Dice, For, when you're rolling dice. dice, oh snake yeah, snake eyes. Isn't that the bad one? I. It's so all, weird to look know, at this team all, because all I, I didn't that think the boogeyman's. He I had a bad, bad thing for snake. Didn't eyes. think they were going to beat Colorado in Should the last series. Didn't think they were going to beat Calgary. I. They were bad in the round robin. This team was not supposed to win a darn thing, but yet here we are. They are one win away from the conference final. Yes. Uh, Alex said yes, by the way. He had to pull his yes. mic away. But here I am saying I don't they... The beast. I, I don't know. I Listen, I don't know. It may not be tonight, but they're going to win. They're going to win. Either And you know what? Point, they may win the whole darn deadly thing. Even, even though my pick on the other side is different. I mean, one, of, one out of four. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> one out of four. One bad. out of four ain't bad. I just... I mean, is now if they lose, if Vegas loses tonight, what do we think of the Knights? Going into the series, it was like Vegas and Tampa, because I love I love Barry Trotz and I you know I like Verlamov's little story of making his comeback, but they weren't going to beat Tampa. Well, Leonard and Vegas have already agreed to a ver- they have a verbal agreement on his contract extension. Correct. So, I mean, they're not going to be bad. I. They're not going to stink, but I just I, this was last year and this year seemed like the year. I'm sorry, that, last I'm, year they got screwed. This year they're just getting beat by a team that somehow is able to find a way to win, not by a lot, but they're finding their way. You have Jamie Ben picking it up. Joe Pavelski apparently is still considered Captain America by the NHL Twitter account that I follow. They said Captain America coming through. I'm like, really? He's still Captain America? Uh, we'll see who USA Vancouver was Captain 10 America. years ago, Alex. Let's just remember that. Vancouver was 10 years ago. but And they lost. They did lose, Alex. To Sidney Crosby. Iggy! Sidney Crosby, the golden goal in Canada, once in a lifetime, has its Olympic gold. You know what? If I can still remember that call. If, they lo- if Vegas ends up losing and they don't make it to the Stanley Cup final, Things you can take away. Great you team ma- still. You made it to the conference final. Still a solid team. Your team had to play in unfortunate circumstances in a bubble where everything was very weird. And what? <laughs> Don't, do not just think that because you lost in your first season in 
the final. Yeah, they make it to the finals they, the first year. Oh, make, that's bad. You, you made it to the final your first year. Darn. You had a retool. Last year, you got screwed. Darn. This year, if you don't make it past Dallas, you made it to the Western Conference final. You're still a competitive team. And at the end of this, you're still going to be a Stanley Cup, like, right in. At the at the beginning of next season, in the preseason, people are going to be like, all right, who wins the cup this year? Vegas is going to be in that conversation. No doubt about it. Guys they have to sign. Guys that they have to sign. That's a good conversation. No, 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 no. I'm saying I, I have it right here. Guys that they really, well, Chandler Stevenson and Nick Cousins, both RFAs with arbitration rights. Thomas, no, I'm, it's, we're talking like they're going to, like it's over. Like on Thursday, they're going to be relevant. But Thomas Nosek, the UFA, John Merrill, Derek, Eng- Derek England, good Lord, just Derek, just go. He's from Vegas, man. Give him a job then. Just put do what they did with Marty. And just make him like vice president of hockey operations, assistant or something like that. Make him the viceroy of not the viceroy. We just okay. We you okay? He's okay. do I got to do this? The trade federation. He literally we turn on episode one before the show. Yes, he just is. skips 25 minutes into the show, into hold the on, movie. Hold on. Just skips hold it. Hold on. Through the beginning. Hold we on. We didn't even get through the intro. This rolling credits were still going, hold and he's like, on. screw this. Episode one of Star Wars, by the way, The Phantom Menace. And no, it was not 25 minutes in. It was 20 minutes and 50 seconds. That is the time where if you want to skip to the Seas of Naboo, where they have battle droids, just Coming up the beautiful it. laneway, that's where you get to. Skipped it. Not even the big gooba fish. You know what happens Skipped after that? Skipped all of it. Not the... Two minutes later, the Jedi come into play, and they start the protection and recapture of Princess Amidala. The good stuff. That's all I got to say, folks. You hurt. You hurt me a lot. But... And they- Ro- Robin Leonard is... Oh, but hey... At least you get half a million back. Yeah. Because you uh, don't have to worry about Thomas Tatar anymore. I. Finally. Yeah. I think in a couple minutes we should probably go. I think I hear Wixie whining. Okay. Through my headset. Um, we'll, pro- we'll have a longer commercial break because we're going to have Justin Godfrey at the top of the hour here on the Cool Show talk about Tampa Bay. And we'll break down the Tampa Islander series. I may start that one back by myself before you come back here. I don't know how long Wixie will take. Oh, we still got nine minutes. We can probably interdress it. What? Bad take. Oh. Yeah, even Randall agrees with me. Wait, hold on. Bad take as in dumb for skipping that far ahead of the movie or bad take as in that's the best part of the movie? I'm confused. Randall, you got to be specific here. Specific like the Pacific. Now we're, now we're just going to wait. because We're just going to. Why not? Well, because don't forget, the, the delay here on the feed on the YouTube chat is about 30 seconds behind. 30 seconds behind. Skipping that far. Ha! I told you. Okay. You're wrong. Well, hold on here. Hold on here. Dallas tonight. Does it? I get I, it over with. I understand why you the think that's a off. bad take, but when you want to go through all nine movies, I have strategically taken out clips of each movie. In episode one, it's the first twenty minutes. You can go through that movie without watching the first twenty minutes, because by that point, Jar Jar Binks is basically irrelevant, other than the battle scene where he decides where to he mess saves every, where he's a Jedi. by messing it up. Where he saves everybody. Episode two, just skip past. Uh, I don't like sand. It's dry. No, you just no, you just rough, no, you just and it gets everywhere. No, you skip the entire movie, but you go on YouTube and search Yoda versus Count Dooku. That's all you do. That's all you do. 
You skip. Actually, no, the teaser trailer is good. The teaser trailer is the best part of episode two because it has Darth Vader in the background and it's like all this cool stuff it's going to be and the movie sucks. Episode three makes me cry because there's the John Williams score in the background and Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting. I knew this was going to happen, but I can't handle it. My 10-year-old self still couldn't handle it. Fun fact of all the movies that I... Episode three, in my eyes, is the worst Star Wars movie of them all. But Worse than... Episode two, worse than. Wait, hold on. Now, no, are, I, now wait. Are we counting just the first six? Are I we like counting it? them all because no, no, Solo no. was garbage. Here's the thing. I like all of the Star Wars movies. I'm talking about the trilogies. I like all the Star Wars movies, but of Episode three is the one that I don't like get the least, <laughs> which is funny because, in all honesty, that's the one episode that I don't skip any parts of the movie. Which movie? Episode three. I I can't. It's because you just know and know because episode three. Is so Welcome together. to the QL Star Wars no, show. Sh- yeah. No, it's it's because what does Rando got to say about this? He said he said very bad takes by you. No, Solo is not great. You are wrong, Rando. We're I'm about to about to report. Alex. You are getting yelled at. All right, Rando. <laughs> you are getting, I'm okay. For you that. are getting. Listen, I I still remember the poster at the Rivertown Mall at Celebration Cinema of the. Episode three promo with Anakin and Darth Vader's reflection. It's okay. Not man. episode one, not the first one with little Anakin and the shadow of Darth Vader. I'm talking episode three, and you just and it hit me right there. I'm like, it's going to happen, and I literally am like, this. I still I listen to that score, and it gets me so emotional because I'm like, you know, it's going to happen. It's literally like even wrestling they say is predetermined. It's like literally someone telling me, hey, Undertaker's going to lose to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. I still am going to get involved thinking, maybe, just maybe, Taker's going to win. And then the same thing in episode three. I'm like, maybe Anakin won't turn bad, but he does, and maybe he won't die. No, he gets centerated. It's so emotional. I can't handle this. It's okay. We're going to go to commercial break. Before we go go to to commercial break, Rando, since you're already going to yell at me, let's give you something else to yell about. The SBHL should just be completely just defunct. Take Fayetteville and Peoria and just throw them up to the federal. Whoa. I'm going to go take care of Doc. Wow. He just just did that. He just walked off. Some. Well, well, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, Justin. Justin Godfrey, Justin Godfrey here on the here on the Kula show. Oh, that was about. He just walked off and look at the doors open. There's a nice cool breeze coming out of it, but we, we, we'll be back here on the Kula show, everybody. Jeez, that'll leave me alone like that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Keel Show. I'm your host, Askey. Alongside, did you almost do the insiders. intro all over again? No, <laughs> it was conscious. It was I conscious. thought you were about to do the intro all over again with Tyler Keel. Now, as we are going to be getting into the Tampa and Islander series, breaking it down with us is going to be a guy who was never a guest on a show before. Tyler had him on a few months ago, but he loves it, and we love him being here for the second time here on the Keel Show. Let's welcome Justin Godfrey. Woo! Hey, Justin. Well, hello, gentlemen. How you doing, Justin? Living the dream. Having a great day. Living the dream, having a great day. Now, Tyler, 
of well, all the intros that you've written out and scripted for me to say that I, I was disappointed. Well, okay, because well, listen, well, it's funny. The first time we had Justin on the show, this was back in our podcast only days. He told me he'd never been on a show before, and I'm like, really? Because he'd say like, oh, let's see if I can get out. And Justin was in, was a big hit. We loved him. We got a lot of listens. Got a lot of likes on the social media. I'm like, we got to bring him out again. And now that Tampa's doing well, but Justin, before we get to Tampa. We have an important question because we went to break a little hot. We went there a little, little electric. We were a little lightning bolts where we were. Like if if you want to go with a really, nice. really awful pun, there is Revenge of the Sith the worst Star Wars movie. No. All right. Good. I'm just glad we got that right because Rando is on the chat. He he probably agrees with me. It's a cult classic. Alex he says it's the worst. Justin, which one is the worst Star Wars movie in your eyes? I'm gonna go with Attack of the Clones. Thank so. you. Woo! Episode two sucks, Alex. Uh, it's, That's right. it's it's fair. It's a it's a very fair opinion to have, and it's a, it's a good one to. That's good hot take. It's well, a, not not a good hot take. It's not a it's not hot take at all. It's, it's very a, well. It's a well thought out and very correct take, Alex. Everyone's allowed to have their own opinions. I'm just saying. Okay. Now I will say this, Justin. Obviously, okay. the original trilogy is the best of the bunch. Are you prequels or sequels? You know, sequels. Yeah. Oh, Good man. Take. Good take. I th- oh, we, we had him. We, he was on my side. You know, okay, go ahead. I have no hatred for any of them, to tell you the truth. You know, it's, I just can't get outraged at movies these days. It was fine. You know, I don't go into Star Wars movies looking for Oscar-winning drama and plot lines. I mean, the dialogues in the original ones were, were not great. So, you know, people, I find it funny that some of the young kids out here who, you know, weren't born when the original ones came out and they, they attacked the dialogue in their prequels. I'm like, look, this, this stuff that George Lucas wrote wasn't, you know, wasn't Oscar worthy. So it's, you just take it, you enjoy it. Stuff blows up. The hero saves the day. That's what I'm looking for in Star Wars stuff. I mean, and also too, it just doesn't help the fact that fans were waiting a decade to get a new movie after yeah, 3 yeah. was released to have the sequels. But let's start talking about what we got you here for. Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Bolts as we love to call them. Game 3 is what we'll start breaking down first uh, with the Islanders winning 5-3. to three. Um, Clutterbuck, uh, Pelic, and Beauvillier uh, getting some good points there uh, in the 5-3 win. Now, Games three, four, and five, well, excuse me, five being tomorrow, but games three and four are really the ones that have started to tell the story of how the Bolts are starting to look quite dominant. What what have you what have your takes been of the past two games? Um, for me, game three was kind of a throwaway. I, I mean, I shouldn't say throwaway. Nothing in the playoffs should be taken that lightly, but you had Point was out, Killorn was out. They had two, the Lightning had two rookies uh, in the lineup. If there was a game that they were going to lose, I felt it was that one. And then, you know, honestly, they almost pulled it out at the end. They rallied back from 3-1 down. So I wasn't horribly distraught over the loss. It would have been nice to win and then ended up sweeping the series in four. But, you know, the Islanders are a tough team. So they weren't going to – I don't think anyone had thought this was going to be a sweep. That is that is I, fair. I, I will I, I will say I thought I'm like oh, it's like when I met, when I sent the Justin the request hey you want to come out Monday and I I thought to myself like man they may actually be done by the by the time we have mine <laughs> and then of course they win game three. My listen 
this series has gotten chippy. We'll get to game four in a second, which wasn't really that bad. But from game one, after that 8-2 drubbing by the Lightning, and they make it all the way to game three, there's fights throughout. And then all of a sudden, you have Nikita Kucherov going after Pajot after the empty net goal, and Martin fighting Barclay Goudreau. And, this, you know, I'm not saying this is not the Tampa team. They got Pat Maroon for this kind of reason, but is it kind of interesting to see, like, this nastiness come out of Tampa, which we really haven't seen in the past before? Yeah, and I think that's the biggest difference between when you look back between this team and last year's team or previous um, iterations of this team is they brought in Maroon, they brought in Luke Shen, who nobody thought would be playing in the Stanley Cup final or the playoff finals. Uh, you brought in even Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman. Those are all players that have a little bit of an edge to them. Uh, they play, you know, they play the tough game on the corner in the corners. They love to have the extra shot. So I think that's the biggest difference is teams came in thinking they could still push the, the lightning around. I think Boston fell into that trap. They thought they could come out there and, you know, rough up the lightning a little bit. And then, you know, the lightning gave it right back to them. They're doing the same thing in this series as well. You know, killer and cross the line a little bit. Didn't like that hit. Didn't like the good row hit on Nelson later in the game either. Yeah. But, you know, it's the Islanders. This is the way the Islanders play. The Lightning would matched it, you know, shift for shift pretty much as far as giving it right back to him. As far as Kucherov, he's always kind of had that little bit of a streak in him. Um, he's not a very emotional guy on the ice, but he can get frustrated. And I think the Islanders were that's in their game plan is hit him as much time as many times as you can flash him on the wrist throughout that game. I mean, they were hit, they were taking liberties with him throughout that game. So I think that's kind of where that frustration came out at the end where he slashed Pajot and the ankles. It was just, you know, 60 minutes of him getting hit on the wrist or slammed into the boards and he just kind of took the extra shot. Right. And I mean, you you can kind of see the comparison that you could make between Barry Trotz's Washington Capitals versus Barry Trotz's Islanders where you bring in a player like Tom Wilson and you ask Ovechkin and some other players to kind of step up more and be more physical and, you know, have that kind of more grit factor. So you're bringing in a player like Matt Martin on, you know, uh, bring back, I guess, if you're the Islanders, bring back if you're the Islanders. Yes. But you're bringing him back into the organization to, to kind of have that, you know, that nice grit factor. So like, like you said, you know, that's something that they're going to have to, you know, take into consideration with the Islanders having the part in that game plan and I believe it was before game four with the the preseason, or excuse me, the pregame uh, extracurricular, oh, yeah. if you will, with them yep. you know, having a little bit of gab right at center ice there. Honestly, for playoff hockey, or just hockey in general, I like seeing this because I like a little bit of that grit factor um, growing up in Detroit and having players like Darren McCarty and you know the well, grind line and all that stuff to look at. Don't forget, I played in the Fed. The well, things yes. that are said there, well, the that's a that, whole different story. The things that are said on the red line there. The are Federal just, Hockey League is where the coaches fight each other. Okay, <laughs> that's a completely different story. I mean, I mean, Justin, this and and we talked about it. This, you know, I'm trying to think of a Tampa team that was tough like this, and I'm talking not just you know, I'm thinking ever. I've never seen a Tampa team because they've always tried to stack with talent. You go back to the you know early 2000s, Vanilla Cavier, Marty St. Louis. Yeah, there were tough guys on that team, like guys who would play tough physical grinders, but not guys that will just, hey, let's go and fight a guy. Exciting but, players is what they Yeah, they've had, had a few roles through. I mean, uh, Andre Wall was on that cup team. Um, he never turned down a fight. But then you go back, you know, the, the mid-90s, the early incarnations of this team, he struggles to get that up. Uh, they were pretty much all 
Phil Esposito, you know, rough them up kind of guys. Enrico Ciccone was on there, you know. But as far as the successful teams, the, the under the Eiserman era, yeah, it's it's something that they really haven't had. Um, and fans in Tampa have always kind of that's been one of their things that they've they've really kind of grumbled about is you know you don't have someone who's going to stand up for Stamkos and why is Yanni Gord your number one fighter and things like that. So as someone who enjoys the the beautiful hockey, if you will, the skill hockey, you know it takes some getting used to, but. Honestly, if you want to advance in the playoffs, unfortunately, it is something that you have to have on your team so that, you know, Matt, the Matt Martins and Casey Sasekis of the world don't start running your players. You know, really, the only reason Luke Shen's on the ice right now is because he's a big guy who will rough somebody up. He's not out there for his defensive skills, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, even though the game three did end up with the Islanders taking it, three to one was the Tampa Bay when the score for game four, three goals in 27 seconds with Point and Kalorn back in the lineup. Obviously, Kalorn getting the suspension um, on that. But this is a this was a game that I really enjoyed. I didn't personally watch it, but watching the highlights back, this is just I, three goals in 27 seconds is not a easy feat to take. What was your entire take on this game by itself? Well, I think it's kind of a the microcosm of the way they've played this entire um, playoff series is they, they just bounced back. You know, it was, they played a really good first period, kind of stumbled a little bit in the second period. The Islanders go up and, you know, the lightning immediately had an answer for them. They bounce back. I mean, sometimes skill is just the difference in a game. And I think that's where the lightning have the advantage here is they just have more skill than the Islanders do right now. So you go out and, you know, uh, Blake Coleman got behind the, the defense and scores and then, you know, Point and Pilat connect together. It's just, that's how the lightning kind of play. They, they can just turn it on so quick. And if, if you sit back for you know 30 seconds to a minute, especially when that first line's out there, you're going to have a bad time. So that's, it's just a series in a, you know, in a nutshell, if you will. And I, and I will I'll correct Alex because I actually for, I wrote it wrong. I forgot that Patrick Maroon scored an empty netter for it's actually a four win for Tampa in Game Four. I'm glad I corrected hey. myself. But empty <laughs> netters don't count. Goaltenders are not net. They don't matter. They, That's, they, they shouldn't. Do, they shouldn't matter. Well, they only matter if it's like an empty net goal, and then somehow the team makes it a one goal game. That's the only time it matters. But or if you're betting if you're betting the over, they they matter as well. So. Oh jeez, <laughs> that's why I'm not a gambling man. Because guess what? I wouldn't be able to afford all this equipment had that not been the case. But no, I, you know, it's funny because I yesterday I worked at the racetrack, so I had to come back. I turned on the game on the radio, zero zero, and I saw Tampa was getting chances, and I'm like, okay, let's I'll just listen on the way back. All of a sudden, Brock Nelson scores, great shot. I'm like, okay, all right, good wrist shot. You know, Vasilevsky may have could have stopped it, but it, Brock Nelson's on fire, ninth goal of the playoffs. Then it's like as they're recapping the goal on the radio, all of a sudden, and here's Blake Coleman on a break, you know, like and Blake Coleman scores a beautiful feed by Yanni Gord, by the way. And then Andre Palat, hey, he's my guy, Alex. Andre Palat, oh, yeah. his eighth goal scores twelve seconds later. I'm just, and I and I literally tried to think of any time that's anything's ever happened. I think there was the record was like three goals in like seventeen seconds back when the original Seattle Metropolitans played back in the old tickety 19, 19, 19 or whatever the heck it was. I, it's just so crazy and and how the how like imagine Justin. Like Tampa was just able to bounce back because sometimes a goal, you sometimes you have a little bit of pep in your step to try to get back, but two goals in less than thirty seconds after that, I mean that's an unheard of. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know they they've just kind of gone about their business this this entire playoffs is nothing gets them too high, nothing gets them too down. They know if they go out and they execute their game plan, there's not many teams that can stay on the ice with them. So if you give up a goal, that's great. Whatever, turn the page, move on, go back out and have another shift. Don't have two shit bad shifts in a row, and good things tend to happen. So that's that's kind of been their mindset. So when they execute, they they just win. And honestly, the the loss in Game Three, that was more that was almost more them making mistakes than the Islanders beating them with better skill. You know, the the turning point was really you know they battle back to tie, and then McDonough has that horrible turnover, and uh, the Islanders score right off of it. So it's it's them making you know the Lightning make mistakes. They they pay they you know they pay, but if they play their game and stay with their their game plan, then, you know this hopefully should be over tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Game 5 being tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But one thing I, I want to also mention is with Braden Point coming back and obviously just having having the ability to produce, you know, this Bolts team has had Hedman having some health issues, you know, during this playoffs. Braden Point coming back, obviously not having Stamkos to, you know, help bolster the lineup. But, go, you know, how is the team and just I would just say the players coming back from injury or dealing with injury and being able to not only play but produce at a high level? How important has that been for the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs? So uh, points the key to the whole team. Um, they can play well without him, but when he's in there and he's healthy, uh, the offense pretty much rotates around him. So just – Honestly, it's it's again. I hate to harp on it, but it's just sticking to the game plan. You know, if if points in there, that first line, nobody can skate with that first line. If points out, Sorelli bumps up there, and the game Sorelli played with uh, Palat and Kucherov, that line didn't miss a beat. Um, then you go back to Hedman on the blue line. It's this has been his best, the the best he's looked at in a Lightning uniform, I think since he joined the league in, was it 2009, I think was his first year. Yeah. Uh, he's put everything together. He's been, I know he had that, um, you know, that injury in, against Philly in the last round robin game, but this is, this is probably the healthiest I've seen him skate all, all around as far as an all around game. Um, he goes through the first two, you know, two thirds of the game and he's doing headman things where he's in the right position and he's making the subtle little plays and then if the game's close or the lightning are trailing, it's like the last 10 minutes of the third period, he just takes over the game. He, he's pinching in, he's skating all over the offensive zone. He's bringing the puck out of his own zone and he just shifts it into another gear. And that's something that we haven't really seen from him on a consistent basis in the playoffs. So last year he was hurt. Um, and then in other previous years, he's kind of, he kind of just didn't have that second gear or that third gear that he goes into this year. And it's, it's been amazing to watch. He's probably up there. I would say if, if, you ask me for an MVP vote right now in the playoffs, just for the Lightning. I would probably go Hedman, Point, and then Vasilevsky after that. And and that's one thing. I mean, we should do a quick rundown of the stat line here of the leading scorers. Kucherov and Point are now tied for the playoff lead with 25 points. Unfortunately, that guy named Nathan McKinnon, he's no longer playing. <laughs> but, you know, Kucherov leading assists with 19. You have Braden Point second in goals with nine. A lot of guys have nine. Geez, even Brock Nelson now. Like I said, he has nine goals scoring in the last game. But having a guy like Victor Hedman is huge. But the guy that I am just so – and I every time I watch him play now with Tampa, 
and just I'm just so surprised that he's still relevant. And that's Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, this is a guy that is making nothing now because when he left, when he was out of New York, he was no, I mean, he was a shell of what he was when he was back with St. Louis. But it looks like maybe it's because he's been playing with the right guys, playing with the right team. He looks like a top four defenseman once again. How important has Shattenkirk been for the Lightning in this postseason? I think it's been uh, super important as far as he's in a place where he doesn't have to be the number one guy. Um, If you look at it, if I had to rank the defenseman, I'd probably put him fourth. You you have Hedman, you have Sergeyev, your top two. McDonough uh, is probably your number three. I think he's second most in ice time for the Lightning right now. And then Shattenkirk can kind of just slot in there. You know, Coach Cooper can pick his spots where he puts him in. Uh, he's usually been, until they went to the 11-7 lineup, he'd been matched up with Sergeyev most of the time. Now it's kind of a rotation. Uh, it's really, that's part of the, the joys of an 11-7 lineup with seven defensemen out there is just watching Cooper swap, you know, swap out defensemen left and right. So, but now he's in a spot where he can get a good matchup with Shattenkirk. Um, he's playing a little bit on the second power play unit now. And uh, yeah, he's he, having that depth is super important to the team from the blue line. And, you know, he's starting, he's, he's got a concept of the offense. He knows, you know, if I get the shot on net, it's going to get tipped or there's going to be a rebound out there. So he's, his ability, his offensive instincts are really important to the team. It, it, this it's it's so weird because I always looked at Tampa like having this just ridiculous defense core and and it just uh, like and even when Anton Strahlman was there like man this team is deep but it just seemed like they never had enough but then it just seemingly starting to click but it's not just the top guys There's a lot of guys underneath that are producing guys like Pollard even Gord's chipping on in who in your eyes Justin has been the biggest surprise for Tampa in this in this playoffs. Uh, for the entire, uh, all three series, it's definitely the Gord line. Uh, uh, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and Barkley Goodrell. They were they were dominant against Columbus. Uh, they didn't put up the, the point totals till the end of that series, but you know if you delve into some of the deeper analytics, uh, possession numbers, and stuff like that, they absolutely tore up the Blue Jackets. They continued it against uh, Boston. Um, not quite as dominating against the, the Islanders, uh, but still, I mean, that, that's a line that's just an energy line. Cooper starting them almost every period uh, for a while there, and they just go out there and they just skate people to death. Uh, you know, Gord never stops skating. You got two big guys in Coleman and, and Goodrow just grinding people out in, in the corners and causing turnovers, and, and they've kind of found their scoring touch a little bit as well as they've adjusted to the lightning uh, offensive plan. So that's overall, that's probably been my biggest surprise is how good that line's been together. Yeah. So next question I'll have for you is, has to do with the goaltending of the bolts. Uh, Vasilevsky has kind of on our radar, gone back and forth between whether he's been good or whether he's been bad, whether he's been a Vezina candidate worthy goaltender or whether he's not. Do you see him? Well, whether it be, Let's just stick with the playoffs. Do you think that he's been playing like the Vesna candidate that everyone is saying that he is currently? Um, probably not quite up to that level. I will say he's been playing uh, more consistently and better than he was in the regular season. Kind of had an average regular season this year. Um, and he's really hard. It's kind of really hard to gauge looking at statistics about how good Vasilevsky is. He's one of these goaltenders that, if you need him to make the save, that's what he's been doing. 
in the playoffs. Um, he hasn't quite made the acrobatic 10 bell saves that we're used to seeing, but he's doing a lot better job of, of stopping the routine shots or stop, of coming up with big saves when the Lightning need it. Uh, there was a breakaway. God, what game was it? Uh, it's game two, I think. Close game is 1-1. Is it? No, actually, it was game one. It was the blowout game. Yeah. Uh, it, the, it was 1-1. The Islanders get a breakaway. He makes a save, and then the Lightning go on from there. So it's kind of that, you know, timing is more important to him than, you know, the stats that he's putting up. And he's still putting up really good stats. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I'd crown him as a Vesna goalie this year, but uh, he's definitely – I would put him in a top tier of the goaltenders, probably top ten. It's funny because you say about just goal – that's, a, I guess, the biggest thing for money goaltenders in the playoffs, just making the saves when you need them. Heck, my poster over here, Chris Osgood, is that guy right there. He's the guy that makes the big saves in these playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Always did that. But – and I, you know, we talked about the grinders for Tampa just a minute ago, talking about Goudreau and Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord, but obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning had to acquire Coleman and Goudreau. And that's why Julian Brisewa was a nomination for the Jim Gregory GM of the Year Award. Didn't win it, did go to Lou Lamorello. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But why do you think Julian Brisewa, you know, despite Eiserman just walking away from the team, kind of inheriting this very good team, but just needed some fine tuning? was able to make this team just a little bit better by just not doing big moves, but just minor tweaks to make this team one or put this team one win away from the Stanley cup finals. I think it started last year after they got swept by Columbus. He kind of looked at his roster and said, Hey, you know, we need a little bit more size. We need a little bit more, you know, toughness in the corners. And, and I hate the word grit, but I guess it kind of applies here. We need, we need just players who are going to lead by example out on the ice by going into the dirty spots, getting, getting the pucks out, winning those uh, battles along the boards. And so he started with that, you know, that's why you bring in a player like Pat Maroon. Then as the, as the season progressed, you know, he had the chance to pick up a couple players that really rounded out that team. The scoring was never going to be a problem for the lighting. They, they didn't need to add offense. They needed to add depth. That's what he went out. And, you know, you got to give him credit for being willing to sacrifice um, a first round pick for a player like Barkley Goodrow. It, I don't think there's a lot of GMs that would, would pay that price for him, but with the way the lightning are set up, you know, that's what they needed. A first round pick, which probably would have been a mid to late round pick. You know, what's, what's the true value to that? If you, if you can go out, if you can sacrifice that pick for, for a player that gives you a legitimate shot to win a Stanley cup, I think you got to make that deal. But you know, the value that fans and, media writers put on first round picks. So I think he's a little bit overblown, especially when you're drafting later in the round. So for him to do that and knowing he's going to get criticized for it, if it didn't work out or even if it did work out. And so I think he's, I think honestly, he should have won the award. I mean, that's my own bias. He, he improved the team that set a record in points for the regular season last year and he made them better somehow. So, but Hey, you know, I don't get to vote on the award yet. So. Well, we're not, not you and I, choice. not yet. That's it. Yeah. Not yet. On yeah. yet. We're, yes, we're right. the pro hockey writers. We're going after it. I've been sending. By, my, by the time I'm 75, I'll have a, I'll have a vote for something. <laughs> they have that contact page. I send every one of my articles from the hockey writers. Like, Hey guys, check out this new piece of mine talking about college <laughs> hockey. That makes no, does no one else cares about, it. but guess what? 
I got it on there. At least looked, you care about it, Ty. You're you're the guy that goes and takes the Michigan Wolverines decade by decade, right? It wasn't the Wolverines. I did the entire national championship, the entire the history of the national championship. Oh, my apologies. And thankfully, it was a year that there was nothing else to talk about in college hockey. So let's talk about every year in the past, which reminds me, Ken Dryden should be it should be the Ken Dryden of the Year Award, not Mike Richter. Ken Dryden was amazing. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not by, anyways, okay, Tyler. I got, you got me all fired up again. I know I got you fired oh, up, but geez. we need to keep electrified here. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well gosh. done. Thank uh, you. Well I, done. I'll take oh, that one. No, I'm sinking into my chair. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, I will take that one. But one take that I'd like to get from you, uh, Justin, is: Do the Lightning need Stamkos now? As of right now, he was on the ice today, but there's no current timetable for his return. With the Stanley Cup Finals coming within the next few days here, do you think, A, the Lightning could bring him back as a feasible part of the lineup for the Finals, and B, even if they did bring him back, would he be worth it? I think so. Um, I'm not planning on him coming back. Um, It was great to see him on the ice and – get excited about the possibility of him, you know, being available should the, should the lightning advance. But at the same time, I mean, the guy's a 40 goal scorer. He's got 400 career goals. You don't turn that away just because he hasn't played in a couple of months. That being said, like I said, not, not planning on him coming back. I think there's a role for him. If he does, he's not going to be on the top line. I don't see Cooper messing up with the chemistry that point Kucherov and Pilat have, but he's a valued asset. Even if he's playing 10 minutes a game and four of that's on the power play, I mean, he has an elite shot from the circle. So that's, you know, that, that alone is worth it. He'd be an improvement over, I think they'd probably go back to a 12 forward, six defenseman lineup. And um, especially against a team like the stars, where I don't think you need a player like Luke Shen out on the ice. So, right. Yeah, I would love to see him back skating. I mean, and just you know, personally for him to have a shot at the at the Stanley Cup after everything he's been through, injury wise, career wise, you know, he didn't get the chance to. You know, I think he's got a gold medal, but it's not like he got the, the chance to play for it because he was out with the I believe it was the knee injury that year. Yeah, but he was still on the Canadian roster, so I I would love to see him you know on the ice and you know should the stars align and the Lightning lift the Stanley Cup, I'd love to see him have the you know be the first to touch it, but. They can. I think they can still win it without him. How funny would that be? Steve Stamkos gets a gold medal, be- even though he didn't play for it. And if he was on the roster for the Islanders, or excuse me, why am I saying Islanders? The Bolts, the Lightning here. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Lord. Man, that monster has not done that, squat. That, that energy day. drink did not do what it was supposed to do. No, Stamkos getting a Stanley Cup ring and not even being able to play for it. That would be that'd be something else, wouldn't it? He never won an Olympic gold medal. I just looked it up. He's won world No, 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 champ- world champion world he's, championship of hockey. That's what it was. He's won right? no, he's won he won the world well, cup. Well, he was on I know he was on the 2014 roster. But then, but then he got hurt, so he got left off. He was hurt, but yep. yeah, I don't know. I know he was there though because there was a picture of him with St. Louis. Yep. I, he may have gotten a medal for that. I, that, I, that well, I didn't no. get a chance to verify that. But. People forget it was Stamkos that was initially picked. He gets hurt. Yep. Marty St. Louis goes brought with uh, over to Russia. He won. Oh, well, trust. Oh yeah, go ahead. Trust me, Lightning fans do not forget what happened in that sequence because that pretty much a lot of people think that had a lot to do with uh, St. Louis ending up in New York. So yeah, where he almost won. <laughs> he almost won a cup. But 
Uh, Stamkos has won a World Junior Gold Medal in 08, and then 16, the World Cup of Hockey, which was Canada's yeah. tournament to win anyways. But well, yeah. I, I'm going to ask you about Stamkos here in a second, because do you think it's going to be tomorrow night that Tampa gets it done, or do you think the Islanders extend the series? I'm kind of 50-50 on that. I think a lot of it will depend on if Point plays or not. Uh, he did leave game four early again, but there's some talk that that may have just been precautionary. Yeah. If if, the, if it had been a tie game or the Lightning been losing, he may have played in the third period there a little bit more. Um, I think they get it done. I mean, it's I feel kind of bad for the Islanders. They've they've played hard this series. They just it just seems like they just don't have enough to keep up with them. Um, their fourth line has been their best line, and that's that's kind of not a great recipe for success against the Lightning. And uh, they needed a little bit more out of Barzell, a little bit more out of Jordan Everly, and they just haven't gotten it. So I think you get that goal in game four and you go up and you're like, all right, we got this. And then, you know, you're not even sitting on the bench and, and you're, you know, if you're behind again. So I think that's kind of a, a I wouldn't say a backbreaking, but that's got to be a blow to their, uh, their collective wills, if you will. Yeah. Islanders have played well, but, and I, and I say that because obviously we're implying that the lightning will make it to the Stanley cup finals, which we both picked. Now I just wonder, I, this literally came across when we were talking about it. Cause I'm like, man, this team is playing so well without Stamkos. Do you think now this is a this could be a massive take of all takes? I'm not saying it's well, it's not, it's more of a question for me to you, Justin. Is there a ever a thought, just a thought, if Steven Stamkos may not end his career with the Tampa Bay Lightning? Do you think there's ever a time if the Lightning can, well, again, I want to say it, knock on wood, but do the thing if they do the thing without him, is it ever a time to say, well, maybe we can move him? Is that ever is that is that a thought that it's ever crossed the mind? You think of Breezewa or anything like that? I, I think it has. You know, I thought when he signed that extension a couple of years ago, when he was a free agent for roughly two hours or whatever. Um, once he signed that, I was like, okay, he's going to retire as a bolt. But I just think in this day and age, with the, how important the cap is to teams, and managing it is. You know, managing the cap is almost as important as drafting players that, you know, are going to contribute for you, or if, if not more important. So I, I think there is a world where Steven Stamkos may not end his career as a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning, put it about a 10% chance. I, he's such a great spokesman for the team, for the community. He loves being in Tampa. It would it would be interesting to see what kind of offers, you know, Breezeball would get for a player like that. It's, that's you know, that's a lot of money for a team to take on for someone who's 30 and had the injury history that he has. So it'd be interesting. I don't see like Toronto knocking at his door or anything like that. But. <sighs> Trust me, we, we had that chance already. We missed out. <laughs> now we have $40 million wrapped in three forwards. So there's that. <laughs> Jeez. No, I am. I'd say Kyle, for somewhere, somewhere Lou Lamarell is like, wait, now you're going to trade him. Could have gotten yeah. him when you could have gotten him when we were bad. <laughs> Eight and a half million dollars. That's nothing, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, he's only got four more years until he's a UFA. Okay, yes. But D- those four. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're trade the, Matthews, trade Tavares, trade Martin. We're going with Steven Stamkos. He's going to be the The question guy. should not be, does Steven Stamkos finish his career as a Tampa Bay light, player for the Tampa Bay Lightning? The question is, does he get traded before his contract ends? Ooh. That's uh, the, here, or I'll, I'll give you that question. Does he get left open to the Kraken? Oh, we are, we are, we are throwing takes out here today, boys and girls. Let's go. Yeah. 
That would be an interesting piece to build a team around, wouldn't it? I mean, if I, I, I think he's, I think he's got a no movement. Yeah, he's got the no movement clause, so I don't think he's eligible to be exposed for. He, he would, he would have to repeal. I remember that was that whole problem with Dion Phaneuf a couple of years ago with Vegas. But yeah, it, it's possible. That or they work, unlikely, or they work out a trade or something like that. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think he gets exposed in the expansion draft. Does he end his contract with the with Lighty? That's a different discussion, and I think there's a greater possibility of that possibly happening. Um, but that being said, I would say ninety percent ninety percent of me says he ends up as a as a Lightning player. You know, he retires the year after that. His numbers raise to the rafters. So I'm going to email some of your writers at the Raw Charge. I'm like, hey guys, you guys need bored with some writing. How about talk about how Steven Stamkos may not finish with Tampa? Hey, you got you have <laughs> this city you have Raw this Charge. off season. So basically until possibly the middle of February, plus all of next year to make him hate you. Breeze, while you got your work cut ahead of you, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, but it'll be interesting. But no, it, I listen. The future is just. It's the future is wonderful. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm interested. The future is electric. Oh my! God. Will you stop it? You, 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 no, you use electric yeah. twice. Doesn't count. I That's use right, yeah, electric. One doesn't count. Yeah, you only get one, Alex. You got to come up with a different word. You got to use like shock or something. Something got to shock you. Energized? Uh, okay, I'll allow it. But you, but you didn't use it for close enough. Well, yeah. either way, I'm going to keep on going. <laughs> Wait, what? Did anyone get the Ener- Energizer Bunny joke? Come on. Oh, Come on, folks. Oh, man. Just because I don't have Tesla coils hanging above my head like they do in Tampa. Justin, Justin's going to never come back on this show, Alex. How, does, how dare you? Well, with all, <laughs> with all of these puns, I would hope so. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm a fan of the pun, so yes, I will, of course, be back. <laughs> Let's go. That's what I'm talking right about. Right when Stamkos gets traded, we'll have Justin on the show. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I feel bad for all the guests that you have on when I'm not here. They don't get all of this. They get some. Just, it's not as bad. It's it's not as bad as as you and I because there's only one of us, not two of us. But that is true. But at Torch Ramrod on Twitter is the beautiful, beautiful tag at Raw Charge is the another Twitter handle that you should be also looking for, Justin. Justin. It's been great having you on the show. We are going to go on ahead without you, and then we'll talk about some other stuff here. But thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to plug while you're on here? Not really. That's kind of all I'm working on right now. So, um, gentlemen, it's been a treat talking with both of you, puns included. (laughs) So hopefully we can do this again in the next round. Fingers crossed. Not hey. making any assumptions, but you know, hopefully they can win one of the next three games. So. They're sixty minutes away from going to the Cup final. If I was a coach, I'm like well, sixty <laughs> more miles. That yeah, is true. At the very least, who knows? Maybe we'll just have you on for a off-season bit. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There you go. For sure, for sure. All right, the Justin. seven destinations Stephen Stamkos can get traded to this off-season. Though. I'll be yes. back for that. So. Right, we're gonna have a breaking news show. We're just gonna go live <laughs> on whatever. It'll be and the Stamkos show. Destination Stamkos. Two hours very, talking about Stamkos nice. getting traded. Justin, we'll talk to you later, man. Thanks again. All right, you guys have a great day. Thanks you as well. Bye. Justin Godfrey. You know, it's so funny because, I, like I said off the top when I was talking with him, he he he's never been on a podcast, but you wouldn't have you would never been able to tell. Because some guys are some guys are very shy on the phone. There's been a lot of first time ah, guests on the show. Uh, a lot of my, a lot of my guys, Brett Pickler, he did well. Like it's it's so funny. Everyone's like, oh, I've never been on a podcast or I've been on a show. I'm I'm very 
I'm a little uh, nervous. Like, is something I should know? Whatever. I'm like, no, we'll just ask you easy questions, whatever. And then we ask them tough questions. Steven Stamkos gonna leave. <laughs> Steven Stamkos gonna finish as a player for the Lightning. I, listen, well, we, here, we I, ask the easy questions, but once they get comfortable, we jump in there with the tough one. Oh, the door's opening. Oh no, it's go. <gasps> is well, first of all, it's my wife. Hi, Kel. It's hashtag Kelly Hand again, guys. Hashtag hey. Kelly. Kelly Hand has a gift. Kelly, Kelly Hand has, has a, a gift. gift. What is it? Here, here. How, how, about, drum, how, wait, about, how about I just pop out of the way? Hold on, hold on. Do I'll do the drum roll. Hair. I'll do the drum roll. Oh, here. Oh, oh, that means you have to come in here, hon. We are doing this live. All right. For, we're returning to the Kuehl show here. Wife, Kelly Kuehl, wearing her friend shirt. She's Kuehl. It's Kuehl. Okay. Whatever. On the show, you're welcome back, hon. How are? How was dinner? It was delicious. Where'd you guys go? New Holland. New Holland over in there. Holland. New Holland in Best Holland. One. The wife is here because, well, there's a reason why. Hi, I should give you a kiss. Hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ew, I have to give her a kiss. She got home, okay? And I'm having a. We're having a good show. She had a good day. Oh yes. And here's why we need to have her beer. Look, we have a puppy. We have a oh member of God. our family. Look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing, we've had her for a couple weeks now, but we just haven't found a good time to do this. Introducing Haley Wickenheiser Kuehl, <laughs> and she likes the microphone. Better, better known as Wixie. Wixie. This is our Wixie. This is Wixie. She's a Pembroke Welsh Corgi, so she's got the cute little butt. She's got the Corgi butt. Look she's at the, the Corgi butt. Look at the Corgi she butt. She hates us right now. Oh, of course. She's like, I'm on camera. I'm not ready. She didn't, get, she didn't brush her hair. She did. I did brush her to say. But no. So this is our baby. This is our baby. Named after, of course, Haley Wickenheiser, the greatest female hockey player and the first ever woman Hall of Famer, or at least Canadian woman Hall of Famer. And that's where we got the Well, so Kelly's like, hey, what should we name her? And he said it was a girl. I'm like, name, give me famous hockey players. I'm like, well, there's Haley Wickenheiser. That was the first one that always comes to my head. There's obviously Kami Granado and a lot of others. You're going to let her walk on the table. She's going to jump. She's not, <laughs> not going to jump that high. But um, so anyways, and I said, Haley Wickenheiser. I'm like, I can't name a dog Haley. I'm like, well, what about what her hockey name would be? Like any other hockey name ends with a Y, Wixie. And so she's like, I like that name. So we've got, so we have Wixie. And all I see is her butt in the camera shot right now because it's okay, it's gorgeous. she's looking like, get me out of here. Oh, Wixie, baby. Oh, give me, give daddy some hugs before you go. Can I have a hug? No. She is going to be, she is our unofficial mascot of the Kula show. Look at her. She's terrified. She's pissed. I don't have a t-shirt. Hashtag t-shirts. Hashtag TKS. Yeah, get your merch. We'll get it. We'll definitely get doggy bandanas. Look at her. She's like, I want to get out of here so badly. Yeah, jungle lo- play. Oh, I love you, though. Oh gosh, <laughs> she's jungle play. I can't even give her a kiss. She's All like, right, give let's me go play. All right, let's Kelly's go play. gonna go. And ready, 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 and release the puppy. All right. Okay. Well, well, I think this is a good time for us to. T- <laughs> we'll take a break here so we can recross us from all the puppy love that we had. And we'll say goodbye to Kelly, even though I like seeing my wife on the show because it's it's fun. I mean, no injuries to talk about, hun. So I'm sorry. I know, I know you like talking about, you know, people breaking legs and concussions and stuff, and, and stuff. She's been on the show a few times. Go back to our old Q podcast episode. She's on there a few times. All right, hun. I love you. I love you. All right. We'll see you guys after this. More of the Q show on Twelve Ounce Sports.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Keel Show. Alex Keel for Tyler Keel here on 12 Ounce Sports. Also on the Keel Show, if you're watching us on YouTube. Welcome. On the replay or, or, or. Any of your podcatchers. Yes. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Yes, I got to mention SoundCloud because we use them to post the stuff. And it goes everywhere. If you can't, if you're on SoundCloud, you're listening to us first. Well, no, it go well. Uh, well. That's how that works. Yeah, it does. It goes out there, and then it goes through all the places. I mean, that's why we, whenever I post the listen, I well, on Twitter I listen. use on Twitter I post the SoundCloud link because you can watch it, you can listen to it right on Twitter. Or if you, but then if I go like on Facebook or Instagram, I'll post the link, our link tree link. Because has all of our stuff. Link tree link. Our link tree Say link. Link tree 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 link. Link That's enough of that. Well, but anyways, but no. So that's what. Well, there you go. If you, you want to listen on Google, you click the Google. Takes you right to Google Play. You're on your you phone. Click you click the Google. You click. It says Google. <laughs> well, it says Google Podcast. But then if you click, if you want to listen on iTunes, you click App Podcast. Takes you right to iTunes. Takes you everywhere. And if you want to go on Spotify, it goes around Spotify. Or you can, you know, just do what I, you know, just search. You just search the Kewl show. Unfortunately, we're not good enough where you can search TKS yet. No, because hashtag TKS has a lot I of I forgot to meetings. throw the hashtag ask TKS on there. Wait, what? Wait, what? what? Oh. Oh. Okay. No, sorry. I, I saw rest in peace JK rolling on Twitter. It's not for a good reason. So, uh... Oh, her book being transphobic or yeah. being pr- proclaimed as transphobic. Yeah, uh, I, s- I saw that. I was like, "What? She died? Oh no, that's you." Uh, Twitter death, maybe. Uh, thank, thank you, Uncle Max. <sighs> Jerry Stiller, rest in peace. Oh my goodness! What a man! What a man! The man, the myth, the legend. What? A, no, he was not a myth, and we're not a legend. He was real. He was on multiple movies. He was in Heavyweights. Well, that's that's just the phrase. I know the man, the myth, the legend. But here's the difference: he's not Scott Sterling. <laughs> Scott not, Sterling was a man, myth, I'm and a legend sure, because sure, there was I'm a sure man. At one the point, actor. he got pelted in the face with a volleyball and a soccer ball. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of. He didn't do any sport movies. I don't think so. Did Jerry still do any sport movies? Bro, you're asking the wrong person. Are we okay? Are we now? Are we going to consider because since it's competition? No, no, can't consider. No, Zoolander doesn't count. It's so funny that like they used John Boy as the dad, but they could have just used Jerry Stiller as the dad of Zoolander. You you could have done that. You yeah, couldn't give us one movie where he plays the actual dad of Ben Stiller. See, but here's the thing: Do you really want to work with your family in the movie business? Well, they did because he was he was his he was his age he was Derek Zoolander's agent in the movie. Jerry Stiller was. I just would like to think that, you know, I mean, that's why. See, but do you, th- do you think that would just be too easy? Why do you think one of my favorite Two and a Half Men episodes is when Emilio Estevez is on it? Emilio! Uh, Martin- because and- you have a vendetta against Martin Sheen? What? Well, there was the episodes with, with Martin Sheen, yes. But I like the one with the brothers in it because it's, it's, it makes it feel homey. Homey? Homey. Oh, they don't even share the same last name. Hey! He Charlie Sheen used it when he did Machete, Machete Kills, because Richard Rodriguez is like, hey, you should use your real name, Carlos Estevez. Or Carlos Estevez. Okay, sure. Pay me money, I'll do it. And he got paid money. And he did it. 
Charlie Sheen, President of the United States. Only in Richard. No. Ro- in Richard Rodriguez. Well, that was that's what he was in the movie. He was the president. Just don't say that out loud. Richard more than once. Richard Rodriguez is like, I got an idea. We're gonna take a nice little kids movie character, Machete, you know, a cute little guy that makes gadgets, and just put him in the scenario of Desperado and have him kill everybody. Machete. This has become the Cule Show movie podcast. That's the funny thing. Like, we never decided, hey, let's this throw- is still a show. It's the <laughs> TKMS. Well, no, we, ne- we never threw. It's funny. The like, Q-M-S. when we first came up with our idea for the Cule Show, we never thought we should throw a hockey in there. So people know it's a hockey show. TKMM. Like, imagine, Alex, remember our original logo? It was a K and an S. And we thought, that's going to sell. Well, yeah, it was K and S, and since it had crowns on it, you're like, ooh, it's a gang thing. No, that wasn't me. That was other people. Oh, yeah, that was Dad. But then we put TKS, and then still, that's going to sell. And we're like, hey, let's take a picture of us. Well, we recalled the Cule podcast to a picture. Yeah, two of us standing there under like a weird spotlight in an alley. I, that's going to sell hockey. And we finally did the TKP one, the Cule podcast with the Warner Brothers logo. <laughs> We just ripped that. It wasn't Warner Brothers. It was was a generic shield. And I put it in front. Look up the Warner Brothers animation intro. No. It's the exact same shield. It was a generic shield, and it was in front of a hockey rink. Is the Warner Brothers logo in front of a hockey rink? I think not. And then when we became the Kula Show, I told Tyler we need something that looks good. And he uh, he did that for us. And he's like, I got you, dog. Because my idea of a logo... The idea that I did, I'm glad it's deleted because it looked bad. Didn't look good. Most of your ideas are pretty bad, it was It was Scott Foster, his goaltending stance. We played with the Blackhawks the one game and colored that over and put TKS on it. I'm like, this is going to sell. I'm a genius. Sends it over to me. Hey, how does this look? Ty, this is not a goalie show. It's hockey. But it should Make be go- it more hockey. It should be a goaltender. Oh, Tony Granato named to the USA Hockey Hall of Fame class. Is there more? Who, oh, who else is? Oh, oh, yeah. That's okay. That's some news. We can just breaking news, I guess. It's our play. The tell me why I should care. Because it's interesting. Dean Blay, the former head coach of the North Dakota Fighting Sioux, the Fighting Sioux. Tony Granato, longtime NHL. Why you got to put emphasis on it? Because they. That's when they won. Then they won the Fighting Hawks. And they won again. And who is uh, we got here? Why would you have to put emphasis on it? I don't know. I, uh, Jenny Potter and Jerry. Ty, York. you want you want to make a take Jerry on, on me on names for teams I'm and colleges? Sure. Is Jerry York the first ever colleges first cool. ever person to be inducted into the any like the Hockey Hall of Fame before the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame? Because usually it's the other way around. It's usually the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame when as soon as they retire. Is that a rhetorical question? I, uh, I mean, you can answer if you want. I don't know. I'm just... I have no idea. <laughs> Good answer, Alex. Why are you asking me about who? Why do I? In the why USA do I ask? Hockey You're right, Alex. Hall why do I ask you about anything? I don't know either. Because most times I have good takes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm on my way. Okay. So we got what about we got? What eight. We got next. Well, we're gonna do awards here. Eight minutes before puck. Well, eight minutes before eight o'clock when the puck's supposed to drop between p.m. Dallas and Vegas. Dallas has an opportunity to knock off the number one team in the Western. Well, excuse me, the number one team out of the round robin. They the were number one seeded Vegas Golden Knights. 
And that starts in a few minutes. And in about less than a little less than an hour's time, we'll be on talking Myers with the Rando East on Twelve Ounce Sports. Eesh. When did I turn into the host here? Is that monster really wearing off on you, dude? I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> he has crashed and burned. You gonna you gonna help us out here, Alex, or are you just gonna sit here? I was thinking of a World War II reference, and I can't think of one. Kamikaze pilot. No, all right, time thing. to hit the deck, boys. <laughs> no, because here's the thing, Alex. We heard, we could hear one of those old bombers coming down. You were just. That was it. It was the literally the yeah. Microsoft Office sound. I wasn't. Of I was I was not a Japanese bomber, nor was I a torpedo bomber. Nah, I was a zero fighter pilot. You saw me, and then you didn't. <laughs> you saw me, then you didn't. Alex, you're doing great at this. When you did see me, you felt it. <laughs> Awards. Awards. Sean Couturier won the Selkie Trophy, Philadelphia Flyer. Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly were also candidates for the award. Oh, my God. We need more coffee. Terrible. We need more coffee in here. I need caffeine. I think I may have like a sip left in the French press. I need a... You need to five hour energy right to the veins. No, yet yeah, why not? It's the same, dude. Oh, dude. It's the same thing with monster. You monster, I five hour. No coffee. You want to know why? Give me a French press. No, no, no. This is what I need. I need a, I need a French press with freaking Death Wish coffee or whatever it's called. I have like. Am I out of it? No, I got a little bit more left. You got a little bit more. Perfect. Yeah. Then I'm gonna get a big old freaking can of Red Bull. I'm gonna. Sp- Get that nice and hot. You're going to boil Red Bull. I'm going to steep the coffee grounds in Red Bull, press it down, and instead of creamer, five-hour energy on top. I'm going to die tonight, boys. It's just going to – it's just not going to end well for anybody. How how could you – no, because I remember that was a joke. Hey, oh, yeah, no, I – I'd Wait, say, how do you how do you boil was, Red Bull? No, it was a joke of, hey, I made my cof- coffee with Red Bull today, and I got halfway to work before I realized I forgot my car. That's an old joke of mine. But I'm just like, okay, Mr. Danielson. No, no, I don't put whiskey in my coffee on Mondays. But <laughs> Mondays. <laughs> on Mondays. Hey, listen, Bailey's, okay, is Bailey's an acceptable creamer, a daily creamer for your coffee? Uh, it's not like I pour half of it full, of, like half my it's mug. It's acceptable full of if you're an alcoholic. <laughs> I like <laughs> Kelly says that too. I like Bailey's. We'll get to Sean Couture. We'll get to Sean Couture here in a second. Awards. We need to talk about this. Okay. Bailey's coffee. Yes. Bailey's creamer is it's good. Yes, it is made with Irish whiskey. I don't know. I'd like to know which one. Like if if they make their own whiskey or whatever, they use like Tullymore or Jameson. I'd like to know. But regardless, you can have it in your coffee daily, right? It's not awful. You can. It's okay. It's not like I like I said. It's not like I do half coffee, half creamer. That's bad. It's not like I do on St. Patty's Day, where literally my morning is well Irish Irish car bombs or it's disgusting pre-show. Well, you don't drink it fast enough. Here, okay. Drinks here. should not curdle in less than five seconds. Here's okay, Alex. Who Alex and Kelly both give me give me crap because I can't chug beer. I can't chug anything. It's just it's a problem of mine. Yet I do Irish car bombs just fine. Alex on the other hand, I do it before it curdles because Alex sits there and he decides to sip the thing. No, 
You got to drop both shot glasses in there and go. You just, let's just, no, you just got to tilt your head back and let her rip. Why don't I just shot the Jameson, shot the Baileys, and then drink the Guinness? Why don't I just do that? I don't Instead. know if there's a one called that, because there's the Irish hand grenade, which we learned from Letterkenny, which is you take the shot of Jameson, you drop the Baileys into the beer. I don't know. Still curdles. Okay, if, you do, if you chug it fast enough, it doesn't curdle. Welcome to... You don't <laughs> We have chug, gone from a hockey show to a Star Guinness. Wars show to a hockey show to a movie show you to an Alcohol's Anonymous meeting. <laughs> you don't chug Guinness. Guinness is a dark beer. Dark beer is meant to be sipped and enjoyed. It's the lightest dark I'm beer in the world. All right. This is why dad needs to be out. Why is it dad is not watching also, today? It is also one of the most enjoyable dark beers in the world. Why? Because it's delicious. It tastes like iron, and it's great. Rupe Hints is in the lineup tonight for the Dallas Stars against Vegas. He missed game four. Vegas says hashtag never retreat. Is that their new one they're going to run today? Okay. Never retreat. Well, hey, you know what? They're going to try. Well, I mean, I hope you wouldn't retreat. You got a game to play. Two oh. minutes. Well, yeah, they got a couple. Well, they had warm-ups. That's why they figured it out. Is I haven't heard anything yet back on. Is Mark Stone in the lineup? That was my question. Mark, Mark Stone. Mark Stone was hurt. Uh, da, 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 da. Is on the ice for warm-up. So Mark Stone should be in the lineup tonight for game five. Should be. Because he was laboring a little bit. In game four for the Vegas Golden Knights. He was so, in labor? He was laboring. Ah, he was in labor. Well, he was... Congratulations! Probably, he, was, he was moving as fast as someone in labor, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Still, we have not found the spelling for ye yet. Or he, because we can't... Sean Couturier? Sean Couturier, Selkie winner. You know what? And the, the Selkie trophy is so hard because, Patri- A, you've had only... Ty, what does a person have to do to win the Selkie Frank Trophy? Frank J. Selkie Trophy is awarded to the league's most best, mostest, bestest, offensivist, defensivist. Forward. East. Most best defensive forward. And for a long time, well, it was really created so Bob Gainey could get an individual award because he wasn't going to win an Art Ross Trophy. He was not going to win a Hart Trophy. And so, like, Frank J. Selkie was, he was a thing, right? Yeah, let's just give us a award. Bob, here you go. And Bob Gainey won it for many years because he was really good at being a defensive forward. And then Pavel Datsuk went on his reign of terror for a good few years there, and then Patrice Bergeron took that over. And now it's kind of gotten to the point where Bergeron's a little bit older, and there's a new breed coming up. Ryan O'Reilly won it last year at St. Louis. He was another nomination. Patrice Bergeron was nominated. Now, what makes Sean Couturier a Selkie Trophy winner, Alex? Here's why I'll, here's why I'll tell you, because I know you don't know the answer to that. Capable forward can play big minutes up front, was an offensive catalyst for the Philadelphia Flyers. However, his ability to play in his own zone was second to none. And that was extenuated this year by the success of the Flyers. You'll never see a player on a bad team, Alex, win the Selkie War. I think Patrice Bergeron did it one year where the Bruins didn't make the playoffs, but at that point, I was like, let's just give it to Bergeron because he still had good numbers and you know, plus-minus was good. Because that's really what it was based on for a long time. Hey, this guy's got a good plus-minus. Because typically, Alex, they're centers that win this award. Wingers are not the most defensive. I mean, they really don't need to be defensive. They stay on the boards. If they jump in the middle, it's because they blocked a shot. But centers, because centers, when you watch a game, if you really, if some people don't pay attention to it too much, but 
watching the corners, you don't just see defensemen below the goal line. You'll see the center down there as well. Sometimes the wingers, if the puck's far enough up the boards, but the centers are more, more have a bigger responsibility of being an important piece of the defensive zone. And that's why guys like Sean Couturier are so important. And they win a, they win a crap ton of faceoffs. Couturier is one of the best faceoff guys in the league. Sometimes his numbers don't show up because some guys have bad nights on it. But he has shown that when you need a, you need a big play in the defensive zone, you need a faceoff win, you need to shut him down, Couturier is your guy. And that's why he's won the award this year. So good for him. Good for Sean Couturier. You were just nodding your head the entire time. Like, were you... <laughs> which only means you were either not paying attention or you were somehow magically, for some reason, agreeing with everything I was saying. Dang, I was going to hold out until it reached 8.02. I was able to get two and a half minutes out of you. Two and a half minutes? Yeah. Oh. On that on that one. Well, because I mean... I, I, I just stopped talking and I'll let you go. Well, thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. How are you keeping track of time? You having a... That. Oh, you were... You're, it's not even the second clock. You haven't even pulled that up yet. But, yeah, Katuri, he was... He's solid, and I, man, I hope the Flyers solid. solid. No, wait, hold liquid. on. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's solid. He's liquid. It's a pass. <laughs> oh man, if you're not a Bill Nye fan, you don't get that joke. If you watch Bill Nye in school and as a kid, you are falling all over yourself. Fair. It's a pass. <laughs> Jim Gregory. GM of the Year Award was awarded to Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders. With Lou other, Lamorello. With other candidates being Julian Brisbois. Brisbois. The guy we talked about with Brisbois. Justin Godfrey of Raw Charge. Brisbois. 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 <laughs> he is gone, ladies and gentlemen. It's a weird name. I'm sorry. Well, it's not a weird name. It's just a funny name to pronounce. Uh, and Jim Neal of Dallas. So, three I, out of the four general managers that are currently still working in the playoffs, well, not working, but their teams are in the playoffs, uh, GM of the Year award, obviously, Lou Lamorello. I think he deserves it because even though your team had to go through coronavirus and also playing half your games roughly in Nassau Coliseum, you did it. Let, listen, and he did good. Lou was how many years after being uh, fired from the Leafs? By the way, a couple of years. Two one, years. Well, not fired. He left. Remember, he no Alex. That was the plan. He signed on for three years, and then they were going to name a successor, which Kyle Dubas was supposed to be the guy. Shanny was done with him. Shan. Yes, because that was the plan. He didn't, You're right. Nobody dude, fires Lou Lamorello because Lou Lamorello will. He bash didn't think it. that Lou Lamorello. The mob was going to make it forever. But the then he's like, well, I can still do this. And the Islanders, they need a guy. I mean, this team sucks. Garth Snow's awful. Lamarillo. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking to myself, why does Bert, and I did my research today. After after he won the award, I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, he took, he was able to bring in the pieces. I, and I don't say it's just this year alone. I think it's since he's shown up with the Islanders. Hires Barry Trotz. All right. Brings him back, guys. And listen, we... When Leo Komarov was signed, we thought, well, this is the stupidest contract ever. It may not be a great-looking contract financially, but bringing him in is important. Bringing Matt Martin back, it's paid off. Cal Clutterbuck's still there. You have him along. Matthew Barzell is starting to come along. And in the move of, to bring Semyon Varlamov, who, let's be honest, his, his career was in limbo at the end of his time with Colorado. But now, here he is. 
starting goaltender in the Stanley Cup playoffs, capable, and yeah, he's struggling right now against Tampa, but he's played well enough to be a number one goaltender again. Maybe not a Vesna Caliber goaltender, but a number one goaltender nonetheless. He's been able to take this team that had John Tavares, lost John Tavares. He went, like, he remember, he was there in the negotiation. Come on, John, stay with us. We can do something here. Well, John went to Toronto. Lou was like, okay, let's go still beat Pittsburgh in the first round and go to the Stanley Cup playoffs, go further than John Tavares. Now they're in the conference finals. And if he's able to still retool this team, and I'm not saying bring in big pieces because they're still being successful without those big pieces, but if he can bring in the right guys still with transactions, trades, promotions, demotions in the minors, all that stuff, if he continues to do what he's doing right now, I'm not saying the Islanders are going to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, but they're going to be a competitive team for a long time. They're going to be a miserable team to play in the Metro for a long time. Well, my boss Lou made a good choice. And I think the choice that I think gives him the GM of the Year award is Barry Trotz. It does help. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still salty that Bruce Cassidy won the award, not Barry Trotz. Incredibly salty. I said it on the show on Thursday. I Barry Trotz should have won it. Salty? I am so salty, Alex. Not even Pepper could bring this story back around. I'll allow it. Thank you. Torts was a good pickup. Torts could have been, I say it goes Trotz, Torts, Cassidy. Oh, Ca- yes, because Ca- you're right. John Cooper wins it. Six Does Cassidy wins. really deserve it, though? No. And I'm saying this as a Griffins fan to a, talking about a former Griffin. Does he deserve it? Former Griffin coach, we should mention. Former member of the Griffins organization. Okay. The last regular season champion of the IHL, Grant Griffin's head coach. Okay. I, no, he didn't. Hunt, yes, he, I don't they think won, he did either. John Cooper last year, yes, because he won 62 games. It's are, you the giving, most, are you giving him the Coach of the Year award because he decided to bush league through the round robin and then set themselves up good for the first round? Is that why? No, Alex. Remember, remember Alex, it's before the playoffs. It's determined. Who oh, my apologies. What was their regular season record? Because right now, Rick Bonus would be the Coach of the Year if that's the case. What? What was the regular season record, Boston? They're the only team that finished with 100 points. The President's Trophy winners. So that's why he won. That's why he was a candidate. Not be- I accepted the not fact that he was a he was candidate. The, not because he was the best coach. It's because the team won the most. I, I, I accept the fact, Alex, like I said, that he was a candidate. I'm okay with that. But he doesn't deserve to win it. Barry Trotz took this team of zero superstars and a bunch of guys that any other time of the... Any other team would be a fourth liner. And... Brock Nelson. Tell me where Brock Nelson came from, Alex. Uh, nope, you don't know either. Anders Lee. Nope, not enough. Matthew Barzell, yes. He's a high, he was a high-end prospect. He's got a lot. He's still got a lot to learn as well. He's a great player. All right. But I, I don't know what else you got there. What else you got? Oh, you got, okay, you have a guy like Josh Bailey. Okay, where did he come? Yeah, he played with, he was one of the last guys to play with John Tavares. Okay, there you go. Okay. He was putting up numbers because he played with John Tavares. Well, now he's putting up numbers because... Who cares? Because Barry Trotz is like, we're going to put you here and we're going to succeed. And they are because Barry Trotz. Bruce Cassidy walked into a team that was already talented after Claude Julian was fired and took him over and said, all right, guys, let's play. And okay, we made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year and got 100 points. The only team to do it in the shortened season this year. Alex, I don't know if you could have done 100 points, but you still could have gotten Boston in the playoffs if you were the coach. 
I think they're a pretty good team without Bruce Cassidy, wouldn't you say? Can I talk now? That's why. That's why I asked. You know what? What's your... Good. The president's trophy is a trophy by itself. Yes. Yes. It has its reason for being the trophy by itself. Yes. What is the president's trophy given to? Who is it given to? The best team with the, the team with the most points at the end of the regular season. Right. Team that wins the most in, well, mostly 82 game seasons, but now this year less. Right. Yep. So, tell me why the coach of the President's Trophy team gets the award, even though he was not the best coach. Why are you awarding, why are you awarding an organization two trophies for the price of one? Like I said, there was nothing historical about this Boston Bruins team. Right. There was nothing special about this Boston Bruins team. Right. They were the best team in the East and the best team in the league. Okay. Sure. How many Jack Adams awards Mike Babcock won? But. Zero. And how many times is he President's Trophy winner? 06 with Detroit? 08 with Detroit? I don't think he did in 09, though. But yeah. regardless. But. Your point that Barry Trotz is the best coach this year is valid. Thank you. I will give it to you. Best coach in the decade. Best coach since Scotty. And uh, that's about all I got. Because, I mean, I could keep going with how Barry trots, but we already did that episode, Alex. Why am I looking? Why was I looking up at the ceiling? Now I look at myself and I'm like, I look like a buffoon. I don't know. Why am I doing this? You look like you're falling asleep. <laughs> Do I seriously? Well, you look, well, I don't know. I'm sitting back in my chair. I got my legs kicked out a little bit. You have bit. your hands in your pockets while you're sitting in your chair. Yeah, man. I'm just chilling, bro. You're just chilling, bro. I'm just chilling, bro. Mark Giordano wins the Mark Messier Leadership Award. Tyler, what is the Mark Messier Leadership Award? It is for. Seriously? <laughs> you just said the award. Mark Messier Leadership Award. It's for being the most egotistical man in the locker room, Alex. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, you know, this word, it's always, it's not one that you can argue about because everyone gets, it's it's similar to the Lady Bing and the, well, not the Lady Bing, the, um, help me out here, Alex, Bill Masterton Award. What? Bill Masterton Award. Why doesn't John Tavares get this one? Can I finish my point about Mark Giordano first before we start bashing John Tavares for not being a real good captain? Why isn't it John Tavares? What? Because he's not a good captain. The Mark Giordano, the Mark Messi Award is similar to the Bill Maston Award where everyone gets a candidate and then they vote from there. So everyone gets their own individual guy. If Morgan Riley is not the Leafs nomination for the Mark Messi Award every year, I don't know what it is. Look up PWHA. They, cause they release them publicly. The PWHA, uh, Mark Messier Leadership I Award. Already got it. Because it, if it's not Morgan Riley, I don't know what is. But yeah, Giordano, he's a good captain. You know, he won the Norris last year. But I like that he uh, that he's done it. Yeah, like Vegas, like Derek Anglin last year in 2018, of course, because he's the Vegas guy. He led the Vegas Golden Knights. He was there when they made it to the Cup Final after, of course, the tragedy in the Vegas shooting. There was there was a lot. What is? What, what am I looking? Why am I? Oh, I'm a Steven Stamkos. I had Steven Stamkos pulled up because I was looking at his his pedigree, his winning pedigree. Not a, not a whole lot. 
Can we all just acknowledge the fact that the Dallas Stars are allowing people to go in American Airlines Arena? What? Oh, they're letting people watch games or whatever. Yeah, they're in, inside what? inside American Airlines Arena. Yeah, I'm just I I laugh a little bit. All uh, right, time to call you an idiot and tell you why. Hold on, Alex. You're indoors during a global pandemic. Six foot rule can apply, but it is only well there. Work. There is a six foot rule. You can tell there's a lot of space between the pl- fans and stuff. But still, okay. Why is it smart? No, is the air ventilation going at such a rate that it can take care of the COVID cells, or at least make the air clean enough that way it would be somewhat acceptable? Probably not. Can you guarantee 100% that all these fans are wearing their masks at the ent- during the entirety of the game? No, you can't, because why? If you're selling concessions, then they're going to have their mask off when they're eating and when they're drinking food. No! No! You know, it's funny, Alex, because you and I sit here, we're like a foot and a half apart from each other. We're indoors and all that stuff. But then again, you know Uh, what, Alex? I've accepted the fact that we'll never see another live sporting event ever again. I don't know about that. No, I'm kidding. We will eventually. It's just We will next year. Boy, do I hope so. I listen because I'm not saying which month yet because I'm being optimistic. By the way, February, well, well, the, February next year is looking pretty good. Starts on Monday, ends on a Sunday. It's four weeks, seven to seven, all the way through. It's always four weeks, except for a leap year. No, 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 no. Okay, it's twenty-eight days. How many days are no, in no, a week? No, 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 no. Seven. No, how oh many? Twenty-eight divided by seven equals four. Four even weeks. Mind blown, Alex. I, no. You know what? God bless you, son. No, Ty. Ty. Three of the every every. Oh, you're you're killing me. What no. what, are you, what are you trying to do? Here? Ty. It starts on a Monday. Okay. Goes through Sunday. Yes. Okay. Goes through Sunday. Goes through Sunday. Goes through Sunday. If you put the calendar of February twenty first. In a square, it makes a perfect square. Of 2021, you mean, Alex? Yes, in 2021. You said 21st, but yes. February 21. February 2021. Okay. It makes a perfect square because it starts on a Monday. Where did this come from, Alex? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Where did this come? No, where did this thought of it's perfect because of this? Because I saw it on TikTok. Oh, my gosh. When is my birthday this year? You You lost the calendar? Dang it. What day? I just need to know what day of the week it is. Uh, it would be on Sunday. No, it'd be on Sunday. Check Monday. Check if Sunday is the twenty eighth, Alex. Check. Do the math. Check Sunday is twenty eighth. Do the math. You don't even need to, Alex. Do the math. Do the math. Seven, seven days. So that's the twenty first. So my birthday this year is on a gosh darn Monday. Are you sure? Oh, I know that's right. I, You're oh on the twenty second. Lord, Never mind. holy cow! I'm gonna forget your birthday on purpose this year. That's fine. Just Screw so- celebrate on Thanksgiving. I'm just saying, oh, Alex's birthday was an eight. Shoot, I thought it was tomorrow because the 26th. Just celebrate on, sec- on Thanksgiving. It's, like 20th, it's do. the 26th, I thought. I don't eat. The 24th. Bir- I don't eat birthday cake. I eat pumpkin pie. Pumpkin turkey. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Oh, I'm ready for Thanksgiving, though. Uh, no. 
Well, let's see. We had pizza last night. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the mood. For, I'm like, I'm not. It's funny. When I do these shows, well, okay, I say that, but then last week we had a whole food craze with Peyton Turnage. Which, by the way, speaking of Rando talking about, he's got tickets to see the Titans in November. Yeah, he, you know, he does. Uh, he's a big Nashville fan, so there we go. We got that. Like, like this November. Well, yeah. Well, if you're not paid, there are limited seating for the NFL games, outdoor venues. Like the Lions didn't have fans yesterday. I don't know. Did LA? I don't think LA had fans. I still last don't night. like it. Hey, LA's going back to some normal. But I mean, like, well, I was at Berlin the last couple last Define couple weeks. Normal. Allowing people to go to games, Alex, giving them the possibility. Like I was, like I'm doing high school football this year. There's going to be two fans, two people allowed per player to come to the games. I'll be there up in the press box, which I hope I get to cover Northview game now because Alex, you know why? See, but how are uh, they, I need how a are, Wildcat burger? See, but here's the thing: how are they going to enforce that? All right, what player are you here for? Two tickets. You have two people that walk in for each player. You mark the name on the list. So they're going to have to submit a list every game. Yep. Yeah. That's what they do. What do you do for the marching band members? There is no marching band. Zip. Dumb. No marching band, Alex. Dumb. American pastime. Wasted. Dumb. I thought baseball is American pastime. Yeah, but baseball sucks and it's slow. I love baseball. Baseball, one of the many. Now, I'll say this. I'd rather be at a baseball game than listen to some baseball broadcasters. Fair. Foul. No, fair. (laughs) It's fair. It's foul. It's fair. It's foul. Go fair. Go fair. Go fair. Go foul. No, go foul. It's fair. It's foul. You're wrong again, Ernie. By the way, Rookie of the Year, one of the top 100 sport movies of all time. Talking about young guns and rookies. Can we get to it? Ah, that that was actually pretty solid. Yes, we can get to it. Yeah, we last last little bit here. We only got eleven ten minutes left on the show. Yannick Duplessis. Yannick Duplessis. D U P L E S S I S because yes. Did I spell that right? I don't even know if I spelled that right. I'll be honest with you. Hold on. It is Duplessis. D U P L E S S I S. Yep, I spelled it right. Yannick Duplessis uh, is a Moncton Flowers forward. Triple A uh, hockey. He is way. currently 17 years old. He is from New Brunswick. Maritime boy. He is an elite level player who was drafted by the QMJHL's Drummondville Voltagia. Voltagia. That's Did how I, I get it right. I, I'm pretty sure. You can't be like me when I say Ran Naran Naranda or Ran Naranda Huskies. Ran Naran Naranda. Well, how do I say it? It's Royan. Just say Duran Duran. I said it completely wrong. Remember, when I was doing my coverage for Puck seventy seven. No, I said it wrong. Remember, I was doing my I was doing my CHL playoff previous. I said it wrong every playoff. R J Broadhead. Ruan Duran. It's, it's Ruan Aranda. Ruan Aranda. I think it's like Royan. Ruan. I think I said like Royan or something. Anyways, Drummondville Voitiger draft pick twenty nineteen. Yannick Duplessis. Yes. Uh, hockey world was. Not really shooken or struck by this, but it's definitely something that's been talked about a lot. Yes. And a lot of people have had a lot of different takes on it. But the moral of the story and the point of the story is that he came out uh, earlier this week that in revealing that he is gay. Yes. That he um, is a homosexual. And the, the story behind it is a little unfortunate. Drunk buddies at a party said, oh, yeah, my buddy Yannick, he's, he's gay. And then it kind of started to spread a little bit, and then eventually he decided to make it public. 
and he is to and this this may be I may be wrong on this, but to my recollection, he is because there's been a lot of players to come out after they're done playing, after they're playing junior, after they're playing college, they've done it after. Right. He is the first that I can know, at least that's been that's made headlines for coming out as a homosexual while he is playing. And this in kid, hockey. In hockey. No, yes. there's been other players. I have to look this up now. Well, as far as I know, well, keep talking. At this level, I think, because I know there's a lot of hockey advocates who are homosexuals that have came out, but like I said, they were it was after they were playing competitive hockey. Now they're advocates for the game, but you're gonna. I'm seeing. Any close? Uh, yeah, because there's none, known in the NHL. But anyway, sorry. But because remember how big of a deal it was when Michael Sam, Alex, Michael Sam came out before the draft. The was he Georgia Tech or something? John Olsen. Oh, sorry, looking at uh, Johnny. Okay, yes. Or, excuse was, me. That was a Champions Hockey League player. So plays in Denmark. Excuse me. I I meant on North American side. I, that I should have specified in North America. And man, Alex, it's think of it this way. Yes, he kind of got goaded into a corner because the news started to spread and he decided he had to come out with it publicly himself. This kid is 17 years old, Alex. Yes. And during a time where there's a lot of development, emotionally, physically, mentally, and he and has socially. And he was able to come out and say it. And, and he even said, he was talking to media, of course, he even came out and said, like, players that he played with played played with previously, played with currently, coaches coming out to him, reaching out to him, and supporting him. On the same token. Unfortunately, yes. On the same token, people came out and said a lot of very derogatory things. Very negative things, yes. And, and, I, and I'm not going to try to make I'll take. Let me tell the quick story here. Florida freshman year. We're going down for nationals. Magic Mike has just come out. And I'm on the bus, and I'm like, oh, man, did anyone see that Magic Mike movie? And I come out and said, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, Chan Tatum, he's pretty hot. Just casually. Not, nothing more than that. I'm not going to repeat what was said. You don't have to. I, and I had to take all of it. Because, first of all, I'm 18 years old. I'm a freshman in college. I have no say against these guys. Also a rookie on a hockey team. Yes, a rookie. Which on makes a, it worse, by the a way. A rookie on a hockey team. Still doing the... Rookie goalie on rook, a hockey team. The, well, the hazing wasn't as bad as some other cases that we had, but like you know, well, all the chores, the rookie duties, all that crap. I said that, and the things that I was called, things I was said, like... I, I And I just said a guy was hot. I didn't come out saying... I mean, I just said that gentleman, And literally, I, I had one of my teammates who, was, who didn't say anything, didn't say anything to me after this event... Come up to me and ask me, like, hey, are you actually gay? I'm like, no, I just said a guy was hot. He's like, okay, I was just making sure. Like, it, it, some people take it personally. I mean, and I'm glad, don't forget, Alex, this was seven years ago, six or seven years ago now. I'm glad that we've developed as a society, that we've been able to come out and be supportive of a person like Yannick. Because six years ago, for simply, oh, by the way, Vegas just scored. I'm sorry, distraction. The fact that he was able to come out and say it, and now he's going to be supported by the game. Now, yes, there's a lot of very, and I said the word simple before in the show, Alex, very just simple-minded, one-sided folks that think this, like, the thing, I'm not, like, 
I just, I, I don't want to say it. They're not bad words, but some of the sayings that were being said. Oh, locker room, and oh, don't drop the soap. Are you, are you kidding me, guys? This kid is doing something. He's, uh, this kid's going to be looked back as a trailblazer because he was okay and willing to come out and say, you know what? Yes, I am a gay hockey player. Michael Sam, I and mean, yes, Michael Sam's professional football career wasn't turn out like he probably wanted to, but he still took the risk and took the chance, and he was still drafted in the National Football League. A kid like Yannick Duplessis should be commended for the actions he's taken, and he's not going to play in the QMJHL yet. He's going to play a little bit more youth hockey, minor hockey, before he makes that jump. But I hope when he hits up the big time in the QMJHL, Alex, that he gets a good look, and everyone looks at him and is like, hey, that guy's playing for my kid, for my son or my daughter who is a homosexual because he's willing to come out and say it and he is commended for it. That's what I like about this because he is doing something that a lot of people, Alex, that have had to hold it back because of they're afraid. This kid, this kid is showing why he's not afraid. This kid right here is the reason why for the past couple years, if not a little bit longer, depending on which organization you're looking at, You've had pride games and pride nights, not just in the NHL, not just in the AHL, not just in the CHL, not just in any league. College, no, college. Around the world. Yep. You have the, the right to play movement, yep. Or you can play movement, excuse there me. There is a reason why. And the reason is so players like this, kids like this, can grow up playing hockey and not having to worry about it. Not worrying about who they like, or or what interests them, anything. What happens after they leave the ice? Go on, Wixie, then. Alex picked up Wixie for a second. That's yeah, why your mom threw you in here, because she's so mean. <laughs> and now Kelly Hand went and grabbed her. But no, there's... How do I say this good? How do I say this correctly is the actual thing. Because... <sighs> Okay. I, 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 I'm with you, Alex. I understand. There's it's... no point to being mean, folks. Okay? Got your own opinions? Great. Just understand that a lot of you have real crappy ones when it comes to stuff like this. Not all of you. No. There are three rules of thought when it comes to a topic like this. Either you are in support of it, so you are commending this young player, this young athlete, this kid, because he's 17 years old, so he's not under, he is under the... He's one year away from being allowed to drink in Quebec, but yes. Consideration of being adult, I would say. There are the people that don't say anything. They just say, okay, all right. They don't do anything. They don't act out. And then there's the other side. The people that I saw. The I, people that have negative comments, they are homophobic. And even even when they say, well, I'm not homophobic, I'm making a joke. I'm just well, making a joke because, you know, if you can't make it, no. Guess what? Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you get paid to be a comedian? If not, I'm sorry. And even then, your ice that you are skating on is very thin. And by my concerns, you have broken it. Yes. We talked about the Black Lives Matter movement and how we skate for black lives. Hashtag we skate for black lives with the NHL. Why? Because it is a political discussion. It is a cultural discussion. It is something that needs to be talked about. It is 
equity for African-Americans and African-Americans playing hockey. That being said, the same is going to be said for our LGBTQ plus members. I think I'm, I got all that yes. in there. Yep. Guess what? We have pride games. We have pride nights. We have all of this stuff. And you know what? Both of those, those communities, the African-American community and the gay community, both oppressed peoples and both come together on stuff when it comes to when something's attacking the other. So you know what? I'm sure I'm, we're going to see the Hockey Diversity Alliance having something to say about this. Yep. You want to know why? Because it is about diversity. It's not just about race. It's not just about religion. It's not just about sexuality. No, no. It's all about a bunch of other stuff. You need to be nice to people. This is more than just a game. This is life. Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbors. Talking with the Rando is up next. We'll be talking with him around 845. For Tyler Keel, I am your host, Alex. Be nice out there. Goodbye, everybody. If you are still listening, first of all, thank you very much for listening to the replay of The Kewl Show, wherever you're listening on your favorite podcatcher. Now, a special presentation, our interview with The Rando on Talking Miners with The Rando. And welcome back to Talking Miners with The Rando. I am very excited to have my 12-ounce sports brethren here, right here on Talking Miners. Boys, how are you doing tonight? Oh, well, we're we're doing all hunky-dory. Got the Knights and Stars going on right now. Vegas up one nothing after one. Alex, you? I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I think we our show that we did uh, just before you went off pretty well. For those of you that are tuning in from our show to watch your show. Here on 12-Ounce Sports. On 12-Ounce oh. Sports. But no, we're doing pretty good. Got to, I got to get that promotion. I guess, let's speaking of Vegas. This has been something I think that's been building for a while. We saw it with the tweet. I think everyone knows which tweet I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Right with a sword in the heart. I, I mean, Vegas has, of course, they're up right now. But Dallas has kind of been in control of this whole series. We we're seeing a very likely scenario where it's going to be one or the other with Robin and Marc-Andre Fleury. Yep. What happens? What, what, what is your opinion about that? Well, I'll do my take first. And I, you know, the, the tweet at first I thought, Oh man, this is going to end badly, but they seem to have moved on. They were able to make it through Vancouver in the second round. And now, I mean, it looked, yeah, game one, they looked shaky, but they were tired. And that's why flurry started. He didn't look bad. They go with Leonard in game two, they get the win. And I said on my show on quick shift on Thursday, I said, all right, this is the Vegas gold Knights we're used to seeing. And they're going to take it over from there. But then Anton Hudobin decided to, ah, yeah, to heck with this. I'm just going to start, and I'm just going to play out of my mind. And, Alex, that's pretty much been it is for the last three games. Yeah, I mean, for I mean, from my perspective, Vegas has just been a team that in the, I would say for the majority of the regular season plus playoffs for the past three years, they've just been a team to be reckoned with. And I think this is not, res- not necessarily a, a change of speed for them. I think they're still playing their game quite well. It's just the matter of, the stars just right now they just have their number which is which i mean i think right now that's why i don't know who's gonna win this game i mean we just finished out the first period between the knights and the stars um but yeah it's just a matter of who just ends up winning because both these teams are good that there's a reason why they're in the conference final they both have solid talent their goaltending is stepping up with leonard and hugh dobin 
for each side. I would say Flurry has been quite consistent with whenever you know, he's played. Whenever he's played, yeah. right? Um, and each each team has their own offensive and defensive, you know, key players for you know. I mean, how long you could ever do it? But no, I think this honestly, this team, both teams have just been playing really well. Oh, I would agree with that, and I think I mean, you have to wonder: was the tweet kind of some motivation to kind of move past that? And I, I you know, Dallas has had their number, yes, but and again, I think we're kind of in this weird scenario where issues are kind of occurring back scenes. I mean, I Pierre DeBoer bringing it brought in that quickly with all that coaching mess. I I think there's some, I think there's maybe some behind the scenes stuff going on we don't know about that hasn't leaked through everything yet but i mean who knows and i i will say vegas has been pretty i've been, I've been again i've been tuning in because monday night football and all that i mean you're just catching glimpses but they have been playing pretty well and dallas they again i hate this as a national fan but they are starting to look really good and i'm kind of scared about the future with them uh but let's move over to the other conference islanders lightning lightning have been just amazing uh compared to especially the last year with their whole everything how do you see the the? I guess let's say Tampa Bay does win. They're they're probably. I mean, let's say they play whoever wins the WCF because that's a kind of wild card right now. Is this the start of a dynasty, or is this just a one-off possibly? To be quite honest with you, it could go either way. Um, it's it's very hard in this day and age to have a a theoretical dynasty. I think it's just a matter of you become a team that every single year you're expected to be deep in the playoffs or in the, the cup final. Um, you, you know, you see it with Boston. It was expected with Pittsburgh, um, Detroit back a few, you know, a while ago, um, Islanders in the eighties, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, you can just keep going down the list. Montreal way back when the Ottawa senators, when they were, you know, a dominant force, there's, there's always these, you know, quote unquote dynasties, but nowadays it's just become harder where if you win more than two cups within a a matter of 10 years, I would say that you're pretty, a pretty successful team. Um, I would say as of right now, the only team that I would say is as close as you possibly can be to being a dynasty is the Bruins um, because they're always feared when it comes to the playoffs. They're always in, you know, considered as a cup favorite, even when their team, you know, didn't really look great the last year. I mean, they, they were so close, you know, to winning the cup, you know, the past few years. But if to answer your question of whether or not, um, if they do decide to win, if they'll become a dynasty, I, I honestly don't see it. Uh, Stamkos and the the players that they have had in the in the past, where they just have you know injury after injury. Um, obviously, Stamkos is still not in the lineup, and it's possible that he may be able to come back for the Cup final if they do make it there. Uh, th- this this is definitely a team that it's going to be a matter of the situation. I think. If I'm going to be, if I dare say it and take a hot, have a hot take on the show here, uh, this is a team that's been able to work in the bubble the best, especially in the situation that they're in right now. They, this is a hockey team that's only lost four games since they've entered the bubble, whether it be in Toronto or in Edmonton. And to answer your question there, Rando, I, myself, I'm not sure because for the last half decade, Tampa has been looked at as the team that should be good. 15, they go to the final, lose to Chicago. 
16, conference final, lose to Pittsburgh. 17, missed the playoffs by a point. 18, conference finals, out. Last year, 62 wins, first round out. This team has been so close, and I remember I said it because the 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 story is, well, the true story, the 95-96 Red Wings, they win 62 games, get knocked out by Colorado. Next year, they win. As soon as Columbus swept the Lightning last year, I said, congratulations to the 2020 Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. I still, I still believe that because they're playing so much better. They look more confident and they're more seasoned. They're a little bit grittier. But the thing is, and I remember we talked about this a little bit with Justin Godfrey of Raw Charge during our show. It's, it's so hard because, yeah, they're good, but it's so hard to be good for this long. And, you know, Steven Stamkos' future with the Lightning, if he, if they win without him, is he, you know, a guy that they don't need? I mean, that, those are question marks for a later date. But it's so hard, as Alex was pertaining to, in the salary cap era where you can't keep players for super, you know, for at least that many players for long periods of time, it's hard for a dynasty to happen. And if Tampa were to win this year, yeah, they may be favorites next year, but look at Washington. Washington wins in 2018. They had a lot of returning players, and I'm not quite sure if they'd be able to do They They have shown they've not been able to do it again since being knocked out in the first round the last two years. You know, I, I think that was a great answer because, I mean, I never forgot, I completely forgot about the whole, you know, Red Wings, uh, night, you know, knocked out, and then they won the cup. I mean, it's kind of scary. We're kind of seeing that comparison happen. And I, again, with the Red Wings, they, they didn't really have the dynasty. It was kind of more spread out because, I mean, you had a 96, and I think 2002, or was that the Devils? Uh, I think 2002, and then 2009. Uh, no, 2008, because Pittsburgh was 2009. I, I, it's, you know, it, it's kind of this parody. It's this weird parody that the league kind of sees somewhat. Or, you know, something happens, and it kind of flips on its head. And it's always been that, that way with the NHL, if you'll notice, look through the patterns. It's, it's worth to see. So, again, a, a very interesting comparison I kind of forgot about. All right, let's talk about the future. 2020-2021 uh, season. You talked on the show, American Airlines Center, they're allowing fans in to watch the Western Conference Finals games. Socially distanced, might I add, with masks. I believe that they are enforced. Right. I, um, I mean, I couldn't tell from the video they were masks. It was dark. So it was, they were, I mean, they always have the arena dark oh, yeah. when they're watching for the big for, screen, for the, but for the sake of argument, let's say that they're all wearing masks. Let's, for the sure. sake of them not looking, making the Dallas Stars look totally bad, <laughs> say yes. <laughs> all right. But, but let's say we have, we have a, what likely is going to be happening within the NFL within the next month. Uh, they're probably going to have socially distanced uh, groups and mask enforcement. Can that happen with the NHL within a shortened season? Well, it I think it really comes down to um, how much leeway there's really going to be allowed. Uh, I'm because my thing is I'm not very concerned, or I'm not too concerned rather about when the fans are sitting in their seats, uh, because when when you're in seats, you can obviously space people out you can you can put a, a row in between or two rows in between and a few chairs in between groups you know that's fine um and it, it's really easy to do in a ticketing system but it's when the the big concern for me would be um entrance and exit of the facility like the building um american airlines center you know making sure that those people are are distanced by six feet 
And then also another thing would be around concessions and merch merchandise shops. You know, are you going to have those closed? Uh, most likely not. You know, how, how are you going to deal with the sanitation of bathrooms? Are you going to do it where, you know, a few minutes, you know, during the period of a game you have it sanitized? Those, those are the, really the questions that I kind of have. And obviously the, the NFL has their own protocols with dealing with that kind of stuff because they've been able to uh, make the decision to move and having fans at their games. But again, or, they have or, bigger stadiums, though. Right, bigger stadiums and outdoor. then also outdoor. You know, for us uh, in Michigan, we, we have Ford Field, which is an indoor. Um, which is an indoor shed. Stadium, stadium shed. for the Detroit Lions. And we haven't allowed uh, fans at games yet, but it, it's, which is a typical Sunday in Detroit, <laughs> right? But it, it's a, it's just a matter of how much you're, you're willing to kind of play with stuff. I mean, if it's an outdoor venue, it's a lot easier to, to kind of let certain things go, you know, how, how much the six foot rule is really going to be, um, enforced and how well you're going to enforce it. Cause that's another thing too, is you, you're not you're not going to be able to see every single person that has their mask off or mask undone or if they have it over their nose or not and you're not you're not going to measure every 6 foot distance so it's it's just a matter of how much uh the will the willingness of the NHL is to to give to situations like that and then also you know local governments you know the Canadian government of whether or not they'll allow it or uh if you you know different states have their own different things and executive orders and it's just Stuff like that, you you kind of think about it's it's going to be incredibly tough, Rando. I you know having fans, I I mean I've accepted the fact. Everyone's like, is it you know some people come up to me that aren't religious hockey guys like me. It's like, is it weird watching them without fans or whatnot? Now everyone's watching the NFL with limited fans. I'm sure they're getting a taste of it. I haven't had a problem with it. Does it suck not realizing I'm probably not going to be able to go to many Griffins games this year? Probably yeah, yeah, it sucks, but you know what? It's the fact of life, and I'll, at least I'll be able to watch hockey. In terms of looking at next season, because their report came out last week and I reported on it on Thursday show about how the season may not start until January, February. And this is something we experienced back in 2013 with the short lockout season. I don't know if they're going to be looking for a 60 game or a 45 game schedule like that was that year. Or I think it was 40, 45. It was not that it was about a little over half a season. I wonder, cause for some reason, <laughs> Bill, Bill Daly, who just loves to make himself feel special, even though he's really not, he he came out and said that they want to do an 82-game season. And I just I look at that and I laugh because I'm like, 82 games, I'm like, listen, if you want to keep playing hockey into July and August, so be it. But I want to get to some normalcy of having the season start in October, and especially with the Seattle Kraken and you know coming around in the 2021, fall of 2021, that is. And so I'm like, just I would be okay with another shortened year. I'd be okay with a 50, 55, 60 game schedule. Will the statistics all time be a little off? Sure. But you know what? It, if it gets us back to normalcy of having a October to May schedule that I'm okay with, I, you know, whether or not there's gonna be many fans, you know, hopefully by then, I mean, shoot, was it, where was that thing I saw earlier today at the university of Pittsburgh? Where was it? Uh, KDKA out of Pittsburgh reports at least a few hours ago that scientists at the University of Pittsburgh discovered a biomolecule that may neutralize the coronavirus. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I mean, sounds like a good thing, but I mean, will that turn things around in a few months? I don't know. It may be a few, it may be a couple years before they're able to actually utilize it, but it's something. So whether or not we have fans, who knows? I don't think we'll have a full schedule. It won't be a full capacity crowd, but 
we're heading in the right direction. And we're going back to some normalcy. It's just going to be a longer process, especially for the NHL, having indoor venues and, you know, playing into the latest part of the year that they've ever done before. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I think I think we'll see a thing where we can, we're kind of, we kind of saw it potentially was going to happen with the whole bubble situation where it looked like maybe some southern states were going to get in and Florida and then it moved to Canada. But I think we'll, we'll see another situation where maybe some southern states will start to be more lenient and then we'll kind of see it spread up north. I, I think we'll see something similar happen like that. And, again, I think we're – again, there's going to be a lot of questions entering the season. I, get, I think – I'll be honest – I think entering the season, we will not know the exact number of games that will be played because I'm sure, I'm not sure everyone will know everything. So, again, lots of questions I think need to be asked. All right, final question. SPHL, I know it's not your guys' everything, but... It's I, something I, we you, keep you, our I, tabs on. It, well, uh, I, I know, but but you, you're seeing the, the stuff, of course. I, I had to be the bad bearer, bad news with the whole 2000, and, of course, all the Illinois teams and Fayetteville are out. Uh, potentially, uh, I, I think Fayetteville might be in. That's all I'll say. Uh, what happens? Do, do we see a single like, hockey implosion and some stuff happens? Or I mean, how, ECHL development's kind of weirded out right now. A, I mean, and even that with AHL development, what happens? Well, what I'll say is that you know I, I made the joke on our show, and, and you, you definitely joke. You weren't. You were being it, serious, Alex. You're no, being personal. No. Um, you were giving shows. Oh yeah, you insulted the BBC. That's insulting my honor. Yeah, BBC is great. <laughs> and you said baseball's dumb, Alex. How dare you? I I just don't like baseball that much. You know um, what? You're but, just wrong. It's okay, but, Alex. So when it comes to the SPHL, listen, I'm I'm a big fan of minor league hockey, um, minor league sports in general. There's just so much that you can do from a fan experience standpoint, um, and then especially just giving players an opportunity to play at uh, another level or at the very least keep on playing. Um, I mean, heck, I was thinking about, you know, after uh, I graduate from my, my senior year ha- at college, if, you know, if I could possibly move down to North Carolina and see if I could get a job with the marksman down in Fayetteville. North Carolina. Yep. Um, this, you know, I never like hearing bad news about minor league hockey. So with everything that's going on um, and thinking about a possibility of, a s- one single, you know, professional hockey league under the ECHL in the the proverbial ladder of uh, professional or skill level, whatever, however you want to put it. I could see it, but it would definitely have to be one of those things that, similar to the East Coast Hockey League, that it's based more towards, you know, the East Coast. So I would say, you know, the line of, the eastern part of Texas or the Mississippi River to the east is that is something that I could think of just just based on you know geography and having these teams travel because that's going to be a huge thing is how much these organizations are going to be willing to put into travel and you know paying um, for busing or of whether or not they're going to have their players you know driving there and that's a whole different story. I mean, well, they t- won't, if they they will not do that, the Fed. That's a, I mean, I, I, I've heard stories of that happening in the federal league, but that I, the S I don't see that happening in the SPHL and you know, I, it's going to be tough because minor league hockey, even in the ECHL, like you mentioned, Rando, it is, has a little bit more de- purpose for development, but we've seen, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for some of those teams, some of those franchises, cause it, I mean, the ECHL, 
I mean, people wonder, what does that mean? It used to mean the East Coast Hockey League, but they got rid of that moniker because, well, they're not in just the East Coast anymore. They're in Utah. They're in Texas. They're all across North America now. And I, it's tough because for like leagues like the SPHL and the Federal League, where the ticket, where, you know, the box office is the money, a lot, you know, the big money grab for these leagues. But like we said, fans are starting to be allowed to come in just a little bit. And truth be told, let's be honest, like you said, Rando, is a little bit more lenient in the South, which is obviously the big market here for the SPHL, which obviously means you can still, they're still going to try to find ways to have some fans. Now, will we have packed houses in Fayetteville or even in the Fed with the Carolina Thunderbirds? I say Thunderbirds, yep. You know, they may not have full house, but they'll have some. They'll have some, you know, some is better than none. It's just I know that there's some teams and some franchises maybe not be able to last, you know, a year without making, you know, having a big ticket draw. And Alex, you had something more there. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'd probably say as far as this goes is, you know, on top of tickets, like which you mentioned, at, at, in all sports, tickets at the box office, especially in minor league, is a big money thing. Um, but another thing, too, is is sponsorship. So um, one thing that I heard somebody say the other day when we were talking on the phone was that something like this where whether if it was just like the SPHL by themselves or if the SP and the, the Federal Prospects Hockey League decided to combine or something like that. Whoa, if they, hey if, Whoa, well, hey I'm, not, I'm not saying that's a, it's a possibility, but I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying it's probable. If they could do something like the NHL has where they're doing a, a hub city kind of thing where they would, you know, if they didn't have, you know, fans at the games that they could just bring everyone under one roof and play their season out of that or do something like the Major League Lacrosse did where they, they only play their season for a week. Which well, I mean, it, diff- it's different for hockey. It's it's different for hockey because especially with a lot more teams and that kind of stuff. Um, but the one thing that I would point out for people that are using that as an argument is that with ticket prices or excuse me, ticket sales and sponsorship, when you only bring it into one place, even if you do have fans, you're you're limiting the revenue that you're bringing into each team. So, you know, the SPHL, you have what you have ten teams total as of right now. You would say, uh, basically ten, but uh, with those three teams going to be down to seven, of course. And uh, you know, you, I mean, everyone's wondering what happens if you play with seven, because you know, odd and all that. But still, again, like you said, I think there's a lot of questions, and I think I, I honestly think that you know, I I've been one of the people that again I've called the big the biggest half joke in our community with the whole merging of the Fed and SPHL. I I think it, it is a situation in my personal opinion where we are reaching a one of us is one you know two of us are too big for this town right. and we're seeing we're both we're kind of clashing in each other's territory and i think the merge the, the whole merge and everything is kind of needed and i think it's going to have to happen now could we see something where it's a, a this to use a soccer kind of thing where it's a premiere and, and such where there's one superior league and then there's a smaller league that could help keep the teams and yet you still have everything in your, your SPHL type players and your bed type players. I mean, again, there's a lot of questions and man, uh, the future is kind of shaky. I, I think, I think yeah. that we can all agree that the future is very shaky. It is shaky. And, and I, that, that idea of having a kind of a, a sur league and a main league was, is kind of a, a good idea because 
if I if I'm gonna have a personal opinion on here, I think that the SPHL is is far more professional when it comes to on ice play. <laughs> And, I, and I, I, as someone who knows many fed people, I think they'll agree with you on that also. That, right. You know, it's, 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 it's close. It's but... very far in between that I've ever seen two SPHL head coaches going out <laughs> after each other and then also going after the players. My I, apologies. I, I will say this, Rando. I have, especially from my experience playing, there were more guys. It, there was a lot of up and like guys were sent down to the Fed or called up to the SP. So I mean, and I'm not saying that the Fed's bad. I'm not going to say that because there's a lot of great talent. Oh yeah, guys. I really agree. I think it's a necessary, lovely league that it has its issues. I will say that, but it's yeah. a great league. But like the Fed is the Northern League and the South is the Southern League. Obviously, Peoria and Quad City are moving up there, but. I, you know, maybe would a merger work? I don't know. I mean, the, these are, let's put it this way. If we went back to March and the coronavirus never happened, we're not discussing this. We're thinking, oh, well, who's going to happen next year for this team? Because we'd be talking, we'd be preseason talk right now for these leagues. And, you know, these are incredibly strange times. But, you know, if if the right moves are made, and I, you know, there's a reason why we're we're a podcast. We're not definitely not management material because we'd probably make a dumb decision that put both leagues under at least with alex is in charge but i mean hey yeah. hey you're you're so, someone decided a, a while back that i should run a team and that team was actually pretty good in a failed league but that's that's not <laughs> that team was so them. good oh, I, I know who that is oh oh, oh. Uh, you come after me now hey yeah. <laughs> you guys see his baseball league yeah, he is a South Coast Baseball League. That was fun. Oh, that man. lasted for a whole day. Busley found it. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many team? How many, How long were you there? Two weeks as the leader of that team, or whatever. Uh, that team, I was there for a grand total of three months. Three months, and you still got a hell. Oh, we liked <laughs> three, yeah, three, three, three months, uh, six teams, and how much ever sponsorship money I brought after later. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. God, man! Oh, wow! How, man, I'm what? just I'm just thankful that the SPHL and even the Fe- and the the FPHL they're 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 established. Yes. As as much as people can, you know, try to bash on either one over the other or take sides over one over the other, they're both established and to some degree, I, they're professional. Yes. Regardless of what your opinions are, and I th- I think. You know, especially people that are just NHL fans or just AHL fans, SPHL uh, is definitely a place that you need to, you know, be, be paying attention to because this is hockey. These are hockey players, and it's a possibility that you could too. see, you know, someone from the SPHL maybe making it to the NHL someday, or at the very least to the AHL. Why not? Scotty Darling. He is the darling of the SPHL. Exactly. <laughs> Despite his exactly. SPHL time being a little, little weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I made big rips to the Louisiana ice skaters. Oh man! All right, guys, thank, I kept you on for another twenty minutes. That I, not twenty, but ten minutes. That I, I said, but thank you for coming on. Uh, again, for people who may be tuning into me who haven't heard about you guys, where can they find you? Well, we are uh, at the Cule Show. We are on Mondays and Thursdays during the playoffs. Thursdays, once the playoffs are over, probably lose that. But we're on for an hour on Thursday night, six to seven, for our quick shift edition. I'll be on there running solo for those shows. We'll be back Monday with our full two-and-a-half-hour show right before yours here, Rando, on 12 Ounce Sports, 6 to 8.30. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at The Cule Show, hashtag TKS. We have merchandise. Go on teespring.com, search The Cule Show, get your swag and wear some shirts and stuff, and it's cool, and they're reasonably priced. They're not overly expensive. 
Even Thankfully. though like, could have jacked up the prices. Yeah, but... Thank you. I think some t-shirts are very expensive for some merch that is asked for. 50 bucks for a thank t-shirt. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. All right. Thank you again for coming on. Be back in five minutes. Talking about Orlando. Got NFL Week 2 action coming up.